0: Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too.
1: No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions, and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's
2: just good business. There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love goradio.live, radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store. We are the
3: Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice, Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org.
4: Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.
5: Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks. This footy makes you smile, Sweet Kicks football. If you're getting ready for the trials, gotta go the extra mile, Sweet Kicks football. Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed. Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Got to go the extra mile, Sweet Kicks Football.
6: The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout. You can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up. Please sponsor an Australian child today. Search The Smith Family.
5: If you've had something stolen...
6: Or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens.
2: If you've lost something or found something valuable
5: or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens.
7: When you need the police, but not the sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131
4: Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. It's
8: Good morning and welcome to the hangar in Tullamarine for the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFRadio.com. It is Essendon versus Wimstown, third versus eighth. And on paper you'd go, yeah, Essendon are favourites coming into this game, but just chatting to a few Weemstown people behind the scene before uh, going on air today, uh, they were just quietly confident and they were suggesting that uh, maybe today's the day they're going to cause a boil over and upset Essendon's apple cart. We'll see if that uh, prediction is accurate. Let's introduce our commentary team for today. Let's begin uh, next to me, of course. She is a natural on play-by-play, one of the new members of our team at wharfradio.com this year. Part of the Making the Call class, which is actually going to start its uh, second class uh, coming up in just a matter of weeks. A very good morning to Lauren Borden.
9: Thanks very much, Pete. Very exciting, Making the Call, uh, doing another course this this week. And uh, they had a nice uh, launch up at the MCG just earlier this week. so it's all building on to bigger and better, bigger and better things.
8: Absolutely, and also joining us, another person to part in the course, but at Holmes Glen, uh, doing the sports media course. After I think I wrongly called it Swinburne a few weeks ago. Geez, <laughs> I'm going well because he went to school in Broadmeadows. A very warm welcome to Elise Colette.
10: Morning, Pete. Um, yeah, feel a bit out of out of whack this morning because it's been a while since I've done a bit of commentary, but. Yeah, hopefully i find my feet very soon.
8: Uh, is it out of whack because of the commentary or, or maybe because of a certain result in uh, Adelaide <laughs> last week? Should we bring that up again?
10: No, <laughs> no comment on that one.
8: Of course, uh, Lisa, a a very passionate uh, Melbourne supporter. No wine, cheese or crackers here today. Also, down the end, she took part in the ABC Sports Commentary Workshop. She made her debut as match analyst last week at a very cold Victoria (laughs) Park. Slightly better conditions out here in Tullamarine. A very good morning to Sophie Fazaliri. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, Am I getting it right? Sophie Fazaliri or Fazalari? There we are. The point for trying, Pete. I've got to start seeing you. Fazalari! Something... (laughs) (laughs) they the, <laughs> really hit that note uh, really well. <laughs> and I've had nothing to drink either. <laughs> That's the amazing <laughs> thing. Faz, great to have you on the call today. Uh, for what's, as we said, it's going to be a very interesting game. Third versus eighth. Both sides uh, with their struggles over the last few weeks.
7: I I do agree. I, I do think Essendon um, will win. But, however, Williamstown's last few games, they only lost by ten last week and four the week before. Mm. And they actually dominated. Uh, they actually have been... I think they only lost to Saints by a little margin compared to where Eston had a pretty big loss to Saints. So I reckon they can be in it. And with Corn out too, they've got a really big job to do today and I think they're up for it.
8: And uh, yeah, Georgia gone. Uh, we suspect a right calf injury. I'd like to say that's from official sources, but I was lazy at 11 o'clock last night. I saw it on bomberblitz.com, so hello to those, and thanks to the DJR for uh, giving us that info. But we'll confirm that with Brendan Major, incident coach, coming up at 10.15 this morning. Penny Kula-Reed, the coach of Williamstown, coming up at 10.30am this morning, and of course bounced down at 11am. And it's very strange to say it, but Penny Kula-Reed, reigning premiership coach, even though, of course, the last Grand Final was actually played in 2019, nothing in 2020. And, of course, she's at a different club. She's no longer at Collingwood. She's at Williamstown.
9: It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it, that she's come across to to Williamstown. Do you know what the reason was that she... Jumped well, across or just oh. a bit of a change in scenery?
8: Uh, unofficially, <laughs> you know, from what I've heard. I, I, I think, and rightfully so, um, Petty might have been looking for a better contract from from the first two years, which was fair enough. You take a side to the minor premiership, albeit they, they got bounced out in the preliminary final, but then next year went better and then got the flag. You're thinking... She's got the team at a pretty good spot and's been developing them well. And uh, for whatever I don't know how much she asked for, or how much they were prepared to offer. And mind you, we should point out all of this went down after the 2019 Grand Final, so this was pre-COVID. This wasn't Penny got blown out because yeah. of the COVID cutbacks like happened at some other clubs. Um, yeah, apparently, uh, apparently they could not come to a deal. She obviously wanted a little bit more money to be able to spend more time and focusing in her career. And uh, Cullingwood said uh, we cannot accommodate you. So so she went to Williamstown and then uh, Collingwood decided to uh, give the coaching role to someone else who already had another job at Collingwood who could almost turn into full-time, which I think Penny, wa- well, Penny wanted. So, you know, strange, strange uh, things behind the scene. But you've also got to consider that at the same time, Stephen Simons was coming in as Collingwood AFLW coach. That happened halfway through the 2019 VFLW season. And as has happened sometimes when new coaches come in, yeah. AFL women's, AFL men's, they kind of want a change of scene from all the coaching staff below. It's nothing against those coaches. It's a case of we need new voices to be heard because there is now a new message.
11: Yeah,
9: absolutely. And I guess at least she's come across to Williamstown. She obviously won the ultimate... At Collingwood, so it's another new challenge for her just to build up her coaching skills as well. Yeah, and Collingwood's loss is Williamstown's gain.
8: Absolutely, and um, I, I tell you what, two and four for Williamstown when they could have easily been four and two. As Vaz is talking, uh, they led against the Southern Saints coming into the final quarter got done they led against North Melbourne before the Easter break going into the final quarter got done and I look forward to talking with Penny and I guess this is the thing I want to know from the coaches inside what can she do to try and install the killer instinct in the side to go how do you turn them around from we're into a good position to let's finish the team off because that's the great teams that's the good teams you know are going to win the flags Then when they've got the foot on the throat of one team bang they finish them off dead they're not coming back we've seen a few sides let them in even here last time when we called uh Essendon uh the, sorry um Lauren called with James Essendon versus Hawthorne yep. so this was about a month or so ago the one thing we said was Hawthorne was allowed to come back into the game in the second half it Was still a comfortable margin to Essendon's victory but as you saw Lauren the Hawks weren't put away and my fear for Essendon when I saw that game was you do that to a better side and you leave the door open, they could come roaring back and run over the top of you.
9: Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. And we saw from Hawthorne, obviously, a little bit of an inconsistent side, Hawthorne, but once they get going, they had enough um, skill on the board. They were scoring a couple of goals in quick succession. It was just that Essen had a little bit more of that composure to hold it back and that scoreboard pressure in the first half. So that's something definitely they're going to have to look out for against Williamstown and something if the Bombers do want to press quite quite far in this season it's something that they've got to fix up when they do end up taking on your Collingwoods and they've really got to make sure that if, if they're lucky enough to put that scoreboard pressure on against one of the top sides that they can hold them out for the second half so they'll have to try and really practice that today if they are in that solid position at halftime.
8: Absolutely and uh again for the Wimstown Seagulls there is some changes coming into their site we don't have the official ins and outs because we didn't get the email that's going to be another round of mine a little bit later on tune in for that when I tee off at about 10 to 11 um, but Claire Ryan will be coming into the side and debuting for Weemstown coming into the side. Uh, there's a few omissions I know Emily Fox admitted after kicking a goal so maybe that might be an injury you might try and ask or maybe there's a change of tactics there and we know for Essendon uh, as we were mentioning earlier Nanscorn uh, we believe out with a right calf injury we'll get that confirmed from Brendan Major, but uh, Casey Lennox and Zali Friswell due to uh, debut today. But before we hit the break and then get Brendan Major on the line, early thoughts, what's the feeling, what's the buzz like amongst you all? A certain grand final being played in Adelaide today. <laughs> uh, I've already been
9: told we're not allowed to talk about it from Ali. <laughs> <laughs>
12: um,
9: I think there's a bit of a... Oh, I think Adelaide, I think they're going to come in there and win what their third premiership. We'd, I'd love to see Brisbane win... Just from, obviously from the perspective of someone new, someone different, but geez, Adelaide, they're going to be at home. They'll have hopefully a full crowd there. And they're such a strong side that I just can't see them going down today. Much as it pains
10: me to say it, as a Melbourne supporter, yeah, my thoughts are very similar to Lawrence. Adelaide are just too strong. I would love to see Brisbane win, not just because it's a, a new side that hasn't won the flag yet, because also because I'm sick of seeing Adelaide win everything. But yeah, Adelaide are just too strong. Sorry, I reckon the flag is theirs to lose, so to
7: speak.
8: Same for you, Faz. Are you feeling the Adelaide vibe? I'm going to be happy with
7: either a team who wins because I have got I know a person in both of them. So I don't really care who wins, but I do think Adelaide will cross the line. However, it will be awesome to see if Brisbane can get their first premiership.
9: Although I feel like Adelaide really hit their straps late this season too. I think they really came into their own in the last few rounds of the season, so they're in good form as well. Uh, coming into the finals, which is
7: obviously the time you want to be doing that. And I feel like Erin Phillips is just like the AFLW Dustin Martin, like the (laughs) finals player. Yeah. Um, And I just think she's just going to absolutely destroy that field today. So... It'll be exciting to see her get to work.
8: The, the big question, of course, is, uh, and we'll talk about it in detail later on, does uh, Spark go to Phillips to try and shut her down now that they don't have to worry about Randall and how big is the loss of Chelsea Randall? We'll talk about that because that was mentioned during the Coach versus Coach uh, podcast. That is all coming up. We might take this opportunity to take a break. When we return on the other side of the break, we should have Essendon coach Brendan Major to join us here on the pre-game show. 11am bounce down. It is Essendon and Weemstown here at the
13: Hey guys, I'm Jess And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink Not the person who's had the least to drink It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever Face it, their lives are in your hands So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out You'll make the road safer for all of us
14: the average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At OzHarvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to OzHarvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food.
4: Hey, Gary, what time you call cool this? Yeah, the traffic was really bad. Oh, there's Steve-o. G'day, Steve.
15: Good morning. How's your weekend? Same old, same old.
4: What'd you get up to? Not much. Are you okay, mate? Looking out for one another is something we all need to do. So if a mate's struggling, ask, are you okay? Listen, encourage action, and check in again soon. Those four steps could change their life. Find out more at areyouokay.org.au.
16: Hi, Kirk Pingilly from Inexcess here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today.
8: Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFRadio.com and, of course, on through uh, any means that you're... Sorry, I'm just waving around and waving my arms madly here on our WolfRadio.com match today because I was going to say the VFL YouTube stream, but as far as we know, we don't think we're streaming today. We have not actually received anything from the VFL to say that we are. So at the moment, we're your live and exclusive broadcasters (laughs) of Essendon versus Williamstown, (laughs) to put it that way. But let's get on the line first of all to talk about what's happening with the Essendon Football Club at the moment. Currently sitting third on the ladder, a win against Hawthorne last week. We have got their head coach in, Brendan Major. Brendan, good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on the line. Uh, last week, a win against the Hawks, 29-15. to 15, Had to come from behind in the third quarter. Um, what were the thoughts reviewing back on that game? Was it one where, OK, a little bit of a disappointing performance getting slow out of the blocks? Or do you review it as maybe a character-building win of uh, when you look down all day, having to come roaring back?
17: Uh, it, was, it was a really interesting game of... During the game, at no point did we feel like we were out of it. We could always get our hands on the ball. Um, We could get our kicks away. We could get into some space, but we were just, we weren't clean on that second and third uh, possessions in a chain, so then we kept giving it back to them through the middle of the ground. And we got caught playing a little bit too conservative. We we went a little bit too wide early in the game. So we're giving them a lot of lasso-free kicks. So it wasn't as if we were, you know, it was panic stations or we had to make big changes. It was just small tweaks. A lot of them were driven by the players. Um, and then we started to click into gear. And then in the last quarter, we, we really managed to get two or three efforts going in a row.
9: Yeah, is that maybe a goal that you're looking for today then, is just to use the corridor a little bit more so you're not giving away those lasso-free kicks?
17: Yeah, it's not necessarily the cor- corridor, but using our space a little bit better, yeah. We, we went a little bit too, um, little bit too wide. In the first, it's actually been over a few rounds reviewing them that we're probably giving away too many lasso-free kicks. So, um, yeah, it's something that we will try and work on in the next few rounds.
10: We're about halfway through the year at the moment, so how do you feel uh, overall that you guys have gone so far this season?
17: Uh, I feel as though it's been—I know I say it a lot—but it seems to have been a lot of up and down football. So we'll play, we'll play some really good football in patches, and then we'll sort of drop away for ten minutes, and then we'll um, then we'll play some okay football in patches. So it's it's just been inconsistencies that have really hurt us. Um, I feel as though the playing group are more versatile now. So we've got players playing multiple positions. They're understanding um, structures and ball movement patterns a lot better. So you can see that this group's been together for a few years. So they're they're managing to string some some good football together. But it's just doing it for prolonged periods of time and being able to stay in the contest for longer periods of time.
7: Hey, mate. Sophie here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I just want to touch on... So, I've, I was reading that you guys have a really cohesive unit with Courtney and G, and you've got these young ones coming through, such as Lennox and Friswell, through to the colder Cannons. Now, you don't have that stream, such as your Collingwood, where they get the AFL girls coming down. How important is it for you guys to have that cohesive unit and really galvanise together? Because it's absolutely working perfectly. You're almost in a top-two contender. So, can you please elaborate on that?
17: Team um, cohesion for any group uh, is really important. Um, I know some of the Hawks players sort of spoke about that last week. They had 11 players come in, so it was difficult for them at times to really gel as a group. We're really lucky in that we've had a core group of players, um, older players like you know Seabom and and Kenny and and Sim Nolder and G, who have played football for for a while now together. So. And they're really competitive um, at, this, at this level. So they allow players like Friswell and, and Lennox and um, Snell, who's in this week, um, to come in and just play roles. They don't have to, to carry the whole workload of the team. We've got really good role players across the board um, that'll, you know, roll their sleeves up and get the hard work done. And then the players, the, the younger players, can just come in and play roles. Um, and it's that dedication to just doing what you need to do that allows players to have a bit of flair and to show their character and show their personality. Alana Barb is a perfect example. Um, she plays her, her role well, but then she plays, you know, an exciting brand, exciting style of footy.
9: Yeah, and looking at, obviously, you've got a key out today of Georgia Nanscorn, the captain, obviously a key player for you. Can you tell us a little bit about why she's missing today and who will step up um, as captain today?
17: Uh, so, Courtney Hughes will be our captain. So, she was, used uh, was our captain last season. So, she's, you know, she's great at the role. She's, she's done it before. Um, it, it's difficult to replace uh, even a leader like G, let alone replacing a player like G. But what it does is, we, we showed last week in the second half of the game that it gives opportunities for younger players to come in um, and play exciting roles. Um, and show what they've got and they you know they can step up and be the focal point. So, you know, players like Coops and Barbs and Snell will, will do really well. And Libby Hoskin came back in last week. She predominantly played wing and then she played mid last week and, and you know, threw her body around and played really well. So it was it's just an exciting opportunity for other players to have an opportunity to play at BFL level and, and shine.
10: Looking ahead to today up against Williamstown obviously, what are you guys focusing on in and- What do you think you need to do in particular to get the win?
17: Um, I think, so for us, it's very similar week in, week out. We're not a physically large side, so we need to use the space well. So we've got serious speed on the outside, you know, Mariana Anthony, uh, Mackay and Dicker, half-back in Seabom and Morks and Kenny. You know, Friswell's really quick. Nat Max having a great year on the outside. So we've got to use that outside space well. We can't get into... Um, contest after contest after contest arm um, wrestle with these physically larger teams. So for us, again, it's just, you know, control that first possession, try and get it into space um, and use the speed.
8: And just before we let you go, Brendan, obviously a lot of people are looking at the next generation for those that will be coming into the draft uh, come the middle of the year to get it going in the AFLW in 2022. As we mentioned, two debutants today coming out of the quarter cannons. Can you talk about the roles being played today by Casey Lennox and Zali as well?
17: Well, they both played last week. Oh, that's right. They they debuted against Hawthorne.
8: That's right. Pardon me.
17: Yeah, yeah. So they they played last week. I mean, um, Frisby's a a really skilled, um, got good wheels. She she understands the game well. But what she also does too, and uh, it's really impressive coming out of the the NAB programs, is she defends really well as a forward. So her heat on the player when when it's in in the contest is, is superb. And Lennox keeps the game very simple. She's really calm under pressure. She defends really well. She's a strong body. And when she gets the ball, she doesn't try and overcomplicate it. She just uses the ball calmly and into space. So we're looking for exactly what they brought last week. Uh, We're looking for that again. And Tad Snell back in, she she debuted against Hawthorne, I think, the first first time we played them and played really well. Uh, Really skilled player out of the Bendigo Pioneers program. So we're excited to see her um, roll around in the middle of the ground again.
8: Well Brendan, thank you very much for joining us on the pre-game show and we wish you all the very best you take on Wimstown here today at the hangar.
17: No problem, thank you very much.
8: Thank you, that's Brendan Major, the head coach of Essendon in the VFLW joining us here on WARFradio.com we'll have coming up shortly Penny Kula-Reed, the coach of Wimstown to chat to us, he said talking about the processes just wanting to get things right, what was happening with the second and third disposal and I guess this is a game where, as we said, third versus eighth, but we we really get to see where Essendon are today. Is it right to say that if they're a genuine top two side, they need to blow Wimstown off the park? If they either lose to Williamstown today or scratch out a win against Williamstown, then there's still a lot of work to go.
10: Yeah, I think if they, particularly if they do lose, a lot of questions are going to get asked as to where they really do sit because in, I was going to say last year, in 2019 they had a good run towards the end, but just mm ran out of time so it'll be interesting to see because
8: um, because the one thing we did praise about them was they were one of the sides in the VFLW after we had the weird Miss 2020 that retained a lot of their core from 2019 mm. when a lot of the other lists and squads got turned upside down inside out
12: yeah
10: absolutely and yeah just looking at the others um, the other teams that they have played so far they've played a mixture of AFL-W um, AFL-aligned and non um, non AFL-aligned so it'd be yeah I think this is the, I don't want to say it's the first test per se but like first bit good indicator of where they really sit I think.
8: Thank you, thank you. We might take this opportunity to take a break. When we turn on the other side of the break, we'll have Penny Killer reed the coach of Wimstown, to join us here on the pregame show on WARFradio.com.
14: The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At OzHarvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to Oz. Can provide two meals to people in need. Visit OzHarvest.org. Thought for Food.
2: There are plenty of Classic Hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live radio radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store.
1: Yay! (laughs) (laughs)
2: they're my grandkids.
1: Gee, they can make some noise. But do you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great.
13: Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five. Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Sample W, Waffle W, and Quaffle W, as well as their primary focus, the Nab League Girls. Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL Women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central, as well as on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Draft Central
8: Oz. You are listening to the VFL Women's Match of the Day, and I can tell you some good news. It looks like we are actually having a stream today of the VFL game on YouTube. So just look out for YouTube.com from 11am to be able to watch the game. As we said, we did know if the stream was happening. We spoke to the video guys, and we told them what radio game we're doing. Um, The VFL, unfortunately, just did not send us an email at all during the week to tell us, and there was nothing up until about half an hour ago on Twitter. So we're like, are we doing it? Are we not doing it? And uh, it looks like we are doing it. So we'll have... A stream for you on youtube.com to so be able to watch all the action from the hangar. Peter Holden, Lauren Borden, Elise Collette, and Sophie Fazolari here today at the ground. I've got it right. Thank you. Do I get a gold sticker? Great. <laughs> Thank you very much joining us on the call. We're trying to get Penny Killer Her phone's ringing out. I hope uh, that, uh, yep, she is right to go. So we'll be <laughs> calling her in uh, just a moment's time here on uh, Radio.com. This is actually all live to air that we just plug this in just to give everyone. We plug it into Bluetooth, we plug it into the mixture mixer Mixer it's a Mixer I was going to say mixture I was, I was like I'm Bit of baking a mix up. I'm baking a cake No it's Mixer And then of course we chat to them uh, live to where. Hello everyone by the way listening on Bigfooty.com And also via the uh, Bomber Blitz Forum That might be listening to us here on our radio.com call Let's head on down to the boundary line We do have the privilege Believe it or not the first time this year To chat to the coach of Wimstown in Penny Kula Reed. She joined us on the line Good morning to the reigning premiership coach uh, good morning, guys. How are we? Does it seem a little bit surreal that uh, obviously 2020 was a complete wash for everyone and you're at a new club, but the title still sticks. You are the reigning premiership coach. Uh well, I'll, I'll hold on to it for a little bit longer
9: um, and we'll see see what the end of the season brings. Yeah, I guess looking ahead to today, obviously, yeah, you've got a, a job at hand, you know, looking past the reigning Premiership coach. Obviously, you know, there have been some close losses in the last few weeks. How do you aim to close out the games against Essendon today? Well, I think that's what it
15: is. It's about, we've got um, close, really, really close a couple of times. It's just, as the old cliche says, you can't win a game on three and a half quarters of footy, so we're hoping to put four quarters together and. It's a beautiful deck, beautiful day. We're feeling really good. So, yeah, it should be a great game of footy today. We're about halfway through the year. How do you feel that you
10: guys have gone so far this season, just overall? Uh, look, we're,
15: we're probably a little bit disappointed with our wins and losses. Um, being 2-4 and four is not exactly where we want it to be, but it gives the girls really good fire in their bellies to come out the second half of the season and putting things into place. 27 new players. We had our 25th debutante of the club, today presented uh, her jumper so a whole brand new team and yeah i guess we're just building and um i think we've got we've definitely got the players to, to
7: play some really good footage it's about getting
15: the group to connect
7: hey penny it's sophia thank you for joining us um i just want to ask you so your past two games i think you lost last week by 10 points and the week before by four now do you look at that as a loss or do you look at that as hey but guys we're going really close we're nudging our way we're almost in the top six
15: uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the loss against North Melbourne, I think we came um, pretty disappointed in our performance, knowing that we had the game and we had the, the chance to win. But coming up against uh, St Kilda, again, only 10 points in it and we had the opportunity to win and it just didn't fall our way. So the belief is there. It's just about getting them to understand that the belief is there and believing in themselves and each other. So... We're building, we're connecting,
8: um, but we're getting there. We're getting there. It's pretty close. Yeah, Penny, just on that, as a coach, I guess, what things can you do to try and help nudge in that way that killer instinct into the team to say, right, when we're on top, we're going to finish them off?
15: Well, I think that's something that these girls haven't really had before. Coming from Williamstown, they haven't had the most successful seasons and the most successful games. So they kind of forget that they're on top, and then they just go, oh, you know, here we are, Williamstown. But... I think for us it's about instilling some of those um, particular players who have that killer instinct and that that little bit of fire in the belly to say that we're not satisfied with just being X amount of points in front or being not satisfied going, shit, we're only two points behind, let's just keep going, you know, we're on top of them. It's just um, trying to soak that fire within a
9: yeah, and you mentioned you've got your 27th debutante today in Claire Ryan. Can you tell us a little bit about her and where she'll play today? Uh, Claire Ryan, she's an absolute firecracker. Um,
15: she, uh, there's not too much I, I say to Claire. I just go go play with freedom. She's one of our Irish recruits. Um, she's come from a really high-level background in uh, rugby and Gaelic footy. So for us, it's just go out there and play. She's playing on the half-forward flank. Um, so hopefully, we'll just she puts a little bit of the spice on on what she does and. Um, you see a run around. You've got your, your key players such
10: as um, Williamson, Whelan and Nelnikas, but who, who's someone that fans haven't seen as much of that they should keep an eye out for today?
15: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, most of the girls who are playing have been playing pretty consistent footy. We've got a young girl in Sophie George's who has come through, uh, the ranks in terms of Spotwood, Spotwood, um, in the WRFL. And she's put a couple of really good games together. So I think she's one that we, we're just waiting for her to, to break the game open. Our two new, um, NT recruits as well in Lauren Gooden and Emily Casey. They're just starting to settle back into, into the team. So, um, yeah, there's a few players. It's Paige Nash, she's playing a
7: second game for the club this week as well. So she's also one I think we should, we should watch out for just on those new recruits, I was just going to ask, how have they fitted into the team? Um, it's always hard to get a, a gauge on how they
15: um, get themselves into the team, but from all all conversations with them, they have been uh, in different teams every now and then, and they said that, you know, as soon as I walked through that door, the first thing that felt was welcome. So that's the culture that we're building here at Williamstown, that's the sort of culture and and standard that we, we have here and that professionalism that it's a very inclusive club. We're very proud of our club and we want to make sure that whoever walks in the door is, is part of our family.
8: And uh, one last one before we let you go, Penny, just looking a little ahead to the future since you mentioned inclusiveness. Uh, you've got a Pride game actually coming up. It'll be your first Saturday night game on May 8th. Yeah. Bring your Woolies down to that game, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a nice cold one
15: down. It's um, down over Oval, which would be fantastic to play on our home deck since it's just been redone um yeah i mean part of our club is being inclusive and and celebrating the LGBTQ plus community um it's something that that we're really strong and passionate about so we'd love everyone and anyone to get down there like i said make sure you rug up it's going to be a, a nice cold one on a saturday night um but nothing better to to watch the game of footy um representing the club and the community um and we're yeah we're super excited
8: well, Penny, thank you very much for joining us on the pre-game show and all the very best of luck against the Bombers today here at the Hangar. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That's Penny Kula-Reed, the head coach of Wimstown in the VFLW and, as we said, the reigning premiership coach still at this point. It's nice to be able to have that title for an extra year.
9: It sure is. It would have been nice going across the 2020 season, I think, just going around saying, oh, well, I'm just the reigning premiership coach and not being knocked off the perch. But like you said, a bit bit, uh, strange to be coming across to Williamstown. Completely different vibe where it's a little bit more of that development um, type of team that she's got to work with. Yeah, and she hasn't got that AFLW alignment to
10: work around, work with, depending on your perspective, so... Yeah, a very very different challenge for her.
8: And just to throw the cat amongst the pigeons as well, because we're expecting, as we saw last week when Holden picked up a number of players, we're expecting most AFLW del- uh, delistments to be announced by now and the players to disperse through the competition because according to the original plan, after the AFLW Grand Final, um, or either immediately after or the week after, the trade period was supposed to happen. Everything got brought forward with the draft to happen in July, etc. And now we've got told we have to wait for the AFL Commission on May 12th to meet when they decide expansion, what? And also um, concessions before uh, squads can be finalised. So this just kind of, dare I say, it throws a mess to some of those players who might be kind of on the fringe and clubs are like, do we delist this player or we don't delist this player? Do we have more players in our squad or will we have less? It's it's like, what are you doing? But are
10: we surprised? Oh. No. <laughs> I'm trying not to be too controversial, but the moment it feels like the AFL, and to a lesser extent, the VFL prioritised the men. Oh, absolutely. But it, hello. It, <laughs> hey, hello. <laughs> hello.
8: Breaking <laughs> news. <laughs>
10: <laughs> but yeah, it's just frustrating like, it, it, competition is just as good as the men's in both state and national level and yet all the AFL want is the money and the good
7: PR I think the most devastating thing will be with that um, time period will be if they have to burn bridges like yeah. Yeah. a lot of these girls have amazing relationships you become a sisterhood mm. and I would really hate for people to be shown the door and then asked a month later come back but hey I don't want to come back you didn't want me a month ago so I think that will be really interesting to see and I really feel for clubs when you have to let go some really loved and valued players in your system
9: and it's an extra month of players spent in limbo, like you mentioned, and yeah. all just for boxes to be ticked.
7: And... and we talk about players' mental health, but like yeah. being a fringe player is really stressful enough as it is. And when you're in limbo, you're just gonna take anything you can get. So you might settle for something that you're not even really happy with.
8: But I guess. And, and, and what I find just, just sorry, just to butt in, Elise. Um, what I find as well is oh, we must wait to May twelfth. What garbage. We live in the day and age after yeah, the lockdown, Jonas, on Zoom. When, when there's been crises before in the AFL, such as Siren Gate and Waverley Park, when the lights went out, the commission met the next morning, an emergency meeting. Why on earth can't they go, okay, this is a situation that needs to be sorted? even if the trade period gets holded for just a couple of days, that's okay, but can we bring the meeting forward to a Sunday or Monday? Let's have a Zoom chat and let's get this all sorted out. Why do we have to wait so long? And if you've got expansion plans, you're like, oh, we need a month to sort out expansion plans. I think you actually need a little bit longer for your expansion <laughs> yeah, that's plans. that's a good point.
7: And, I, and I think it actually should be more urgent, because as you know, these females work jobs, like yeah. Yeah, exactly. and they can't just move, stay, or they're at university studying, nursing, or teaching, yeah. or whatever. They can't just move their life over within a month so these girls actually need a lot of ample time if not more than the men so yeah. they can sort out their life
10: yeah they yeah the AFL and the decision makers have got to remember that the two playing groups are in very very different positions because with the work and the 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 part-time nature of the VFL AFL-W. and the AFLW yeah, you just you can't you can't make the same Not systems not the word I'm looking for but like You can't have a blanket system. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
8: And then you've got a player, let's say, for example, Taylor Harris might be stuck in limbo at the moment there was one or two reports about how she walked off with training to do a social media thing and one or two rumblings of oh she could be out the door we don't know the details but let's let's play hypotheticals for a moment let's say that she might be kind of on the chopping block or or Carlton's like oh we're going to trade her if we get something good or will we hold her let's let's say she's in that limbo type of position being held on for a month more without her not knowing am I in the door am I out the door at least if you're able to know straight away am I out the door Therefore, you can, A, even though she hasn't played VFLW bar, I think two games for St Kilda going back four years, if she wanted to get some form in the VFLW, at least she could know, OK, I'm out the door, thank you. I'm going to go across to the next club that's going to sign me or I'm going to go to Darabin or I'm going to go to Weemstown I'm going to part myself at a standalone club, get a few games, make myself look good for the next club that wants to come along and pick me and sign a contract. With that, the club's like, oh, we don't know if you're going to go or not because we don't know about the list situation. What what do you do in that month? Do you go out and run around in that in the Carlton Reserves for example, saying should I be running around if I kind of get the hint you may not want me?
7: I'd be going to every clairvoyant in Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be such a hard move and so stressful to make. You'd want the best manager in the competition. Exactly.
8: If, if this is like NBA basketball players, those guys would be just by this stage just going, what, you kind of you kind of don't know you don't want me? Stuff you, I'm not playing, yeah. I'm sitting on the bench. And, and that's what they do. They force a deal.
7: They're so lucky though. I was reading something that Dima was saying the other day Hey, he would be supporting the loan system in AFL. Like if, your player yeah. gets injured. Um, or if you've got someone senior like he was saying he's got a young, a, a young bloke, who's at least an athlete, and would love to be giving him the opportunity, but he just can't with Nan Kerbison. Yeah. And he was saying, I'd be happy to give him to the Gold Coast Suns for three months. So that could be something interesting the VFL and AFLW could look at.
9: It might be a handy one, maybe, in the VFL... W, as you're, you know, you're developing, you're developing those plays for the AFLW. I don't know if I'm a fan of the loan system though, because I do believe, you know, if you get three injuries to your key players, if Nankervis goes down and you don't have a spare ruckman, well, bad luck. That's the that's the game, and it's about how you can develop new players and how you can weave your game plan around that. To solve that problem. So that's why I'm probably not the biggest fan yeah. of the loan system. I do see how it does develop players and then you can bring them back with a bit of knowledge and a bit of skill. But I think, in a way, the whole purpose of a longer AFL disloyal. season... It's disloyal. <laughs> probably not their fault, though, if they yeah. just get handballed across somewhere. But I do like that, um, you know, even during a game, you get a few injuries while you've got to work around it somewhere. And
10: I guess the other thing as well you've got to remember is with the CBA, they the these players have to take a month off, is my understanding. So I guess... That probably helps as well. Like, they can't physically come and play because of that agreement. So, I don't know.
8: Well, they're supposed to take a month off, but some are actually playing at the moment, which yeah, is which like, make, like Sabrina Frederick playing at Port, which is like, when's that, but aren't you supposed to take a month? Mu- yeah, like, it is like, well, what's going on? You know you know what would be handy? And this will probably roll into my beef about the VFL <laughs> website. And, and also, it and can roll into the, a, the women's.afl website. Would it hurt? Would it just hurt to put on the websites, and this is going back to years since the AFLW started, the official rules. Here it is, in uh. black and white, not only for the, to educate the public, but also the commentators as well, to make, Absolute clarification. This is the rules and in all interpretations, because this league is different to the official AFL rules. Obviously, we know 18 side, 16 side, lasso rule, etc. Yeah. Here is the official rule sheet. Yeah,
10: and it, that's easy to
8: find, not on request.
10: Exactly. And someone like me who plays in a local league and commentates the VFL and watches the AFLW, it gets confusing trying to remember the different rules, because not all the rules. Come across to the different leagues. They're like, oh the, oh yeah, the lasso rule's not in this league and whatever.
8: Well, let's let's talk about the VFL website for a moment. Of course. <laughs> VFL.com. Oh, how long do you o. want to talk
7: about them for,
8: though? Oh, go, Faz. If you want to, to, to tee off first, you are more than welcome to. All
7: I've got to say is my high school teachers would be utterly shocked with the amount of research I've been doing <laughs> <laughs> and stats. I never knew I could use Excel until the VFL came out. That's all I've got to say.
8: Yeah, yeah. It requires passion and drive. Oh, it, it's. Well, what happened is, until about, I think, two to three days ago, VFL.com.au pointed towards the old VFL website, which had not been updated, including through the start of the VFLW season. Now, I had spoken to uh, those at the AFL, as I do as a broadcaster, and they said, "Oh, yeah, we have got a new app, and we're doing this, and we're doing, you know, there's going to be some digital streaming, and there's, you know, there's, there's this whole, this is happening behind the background scene." All right, I'll give them benefit of the doubt. And plus, to be fair, I'm not going to hang this on the current media manager of the VFLW because. He may have no staff. I already know one department of the AFL who lost 80% of their staff. So if anything, if I'm going to hang it on, I'll hang it on those that are on the six-figure salaries up top. Do your bloody job. Um, th- those ones who have to decide a budget, well, for your cuts, this is, this is what's fed down. But the VFL website wasn't updated. The start of the VFLW season, if you went to the website, you would not even know the VFLW season exists. To get to Match Centre, you had to click on 2020, then click 2021, then click League. It was ridiculous to get to the Match Centre to find out where the teams are. You have to do that to this week to find out what the teams are. And then, of course, they decided to launch afl.com.au forward slash VFL. So now the VFL is under the AFL website. Now, after they promoted that website, two weeks later, they finally got the VFL website to redirect to the new website. The new website under fixtures does not have match centre, so people can't click on that website for live scores and the selected teams basics, basics, you can get on a grassroots under nines website but you can't get on the professional state league, my god and then, and then finally they've got, okay, okay they're going to put this new website, they put under AFL but here's some logic, okay, the VFL is going to go under the AFL now, okay wouldn't that by logic mean the VFLW should actually be under womens.afl instead of the AFL that, that, yeah, good point.
7: So you're saying it should be on the AFLW website and yeah, it should yeah, redirect to AFLW. Yeah. Yeah. If
8: they're not going to have their own standalone website yeah. like they used to be, why would you put it under AFL, which is kind of seen now as by default as the AFL men's website because they launched this whole womens.afl and they said, oh, if all the women's AFL stories, go to womens.afl. All right, so we all go there. So why then for the VFLW do we have one or two stories there but the official sites over there and it's like does th- anyone heard of a strategy does that word exist is that in the vocabulary of someone at AFL headquarters it's a mess cuz the thing with all this is that's way too logical for those in charge like uh. everything
10: that's logical and straightforward I've discovered is way too logical for those making the decisions in this state well, anyway. well, like
8: the app wasn't updated for five or six weeks and it's like people are going how do I get live scores how do I get live scores I mean let's be honest if I was a commercial manager at Rebel Sport and I've signed a deal you know you're getting very good money out of the, your partnership with the WBBL you're getting promoted very well everyone knows it's the Rebel WBBL and whatever so you'd be very happy with that partnership so you go okay let's keep continue investing in women's sport. All right, let's get on board the VFLW. You do that. You see a few signs at the ground. Okay, that's good. And you go to the, first of all, for five or six weeks, you go to the website. Your logo is not on the old VFL website. The season, the, the competition you are sponsoring, there's no mention of it starting. Wouldn't you be going, what have we just spent our money on?
10: Exactly.
8: <sighs> Wouldn't you be picking up the phone going, um, excuse me, we've given you X amount of dollars. What are you doing?
10: Uh, Like, uh, after I was told about SportsTG, I just bookmarked it so I don't have to go on that 20-minute search every week just to freaking find who's in the team. Like, it's just... Ridiculous.
8: Like, like this week the VFLW has been forgot again. They may be understaffed there. I'll give them that slack at AFL headquarters because of the COVID cutbacks. We know they've p- picked up some staff, including our own Lucy Watkin. We do not speak on behalf of Lucy Watkin, etc. <laughs> all disclaimers. Blah 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 blah. Um, <laughs> um they, they've got a writing content. That's good. That's a good start. We like that. You know, and uh, under Anthony Stangus, they used to have a lot of interns writing for them. Mm. Uh, Callum O'Connor was one of them. Um, so okay, they're starting to write a bit of content, but a bit of the content's over here and the websites. Like for example, when Lucy was writing. For a while, it was popping up on the AFL website while well, the old VFL website was still there, and you're like, "Well, why wouldn't that go over?" The, you know, you're like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Um, but so even I'm losing a train of thought. So just where hand I it
7: over to <laughs> Warf Radio, and we are happy to help. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and jobs coming.
8: Jeez, <laughs> it, exactly. It's it's just it's an all and like if I look today, if I look today on Twitter, up until about five minutes ago when I last checked Twitter, we saw the camera person arrived. We had actually no idea if this game was being streamed. We normally get an email on Friday which is a bit cutting it fine <laughs> but we, 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 we spoke to the camera company on Saturday, uh, Sorry, Monday from SRS and we said these are the games we're doing just to give you a heads up so they know that where we're at and they sometimes like to organise the streams for the games we're doing so there's commentary, that's all good. So we, we gave an advance on Monday. By Friday, we had heard nothing. We didn't get our usual email, which says, these are the team positions and these are the team's ins and outs, which is great because we can normally go through on the call, oh, this player's been dropped, this player's in, etc. We didn't get that email. We didn't get the email about the streaming. And if I check the VFL Twitter as the five minutes ago, there was barely any mention. I think there was maybe one tweet of there are VFLW games this week. And it's been, OK, yes, I know it's round one of the VFL, and they've been flogging it and flogging it and flogging it because they got the new KO deal. But there's been nothing about the VFLW stream or what the heck's going on today. And I'm like, hello, wake up. You know, hello, women play football too. You manage this competition. Hello.
10: And if we go back to round one of the VFLW back in February, I don't think there was that much much coverage uh, for the round one of the women's as there has been of the men's this week.
8: I I know on content launch day, when at least we're both there, Dare I say, it was a mess. Everything was all over the place. I've got to write them a document saying, this is how you do a launch day. So everyone gets to meet everyone and everyone gets to interview everyone. Um, they had in the grandstand uh, AdSell group, Red Onion Creative, uh, interviewing the coach on behalf of the league. So it's like, okay, they're doing that and they're going to put some content on the VFL website. That's great. They're probably going to do some prediction stuff for the year and this will go up in the days leading up to the start of the season. As far as I can see, only two have gone up. An interview with a Port Melbourne captain and the Western Bulldogs captain in the six to seven weeks this season's been running, and they went up via Facebook, and that was it. And it's like, why wouldn't you do them before the opening game to try and hype the season? That would be an ideal thing to do. And then what annoys me is, as again on Twitter, I've seen the last twenty-four hours they're pumping up these thirty-second videos of the VFL new era, VFL new era, and here's here's you know a quick fifteen-second snippet with all the Victorian captains. It's like. Yeah, that's great, but why didn't you do the same thing for the women? Just, you know, just quietly, you've got all the vision. What have you been doing? Just
10: going back to what I said earlier, they just want the money
7: Oops. They just want the money and the good PR. But
10: they I, want to put li- as little effort in as possible.
7: You can actually find more content on the TAC um, league than you can on the VFL, which I think is an absolute disgrace. If I can see all those stats and you can't even see VFL, it's your second tier comp. and we've got so many we've got like Queensland you've got all these other leagues and it's like we should be working with all these other states and showing how good Victoria is and why we are the home of football but it's just an absolute disgrace and embarrassment
8: Exactly. I, I, I will say, and I'll, I'll put our hands up, we're not perfect here at Wolf Radio. There's, there's uh, things to point out with Wolf Radio. Obviously we're all volunteers. We, we don't get paid a cent. We have to work this in between the jobs so that we do. In fact, I actually worked a shift overnight this morning. had one hour sleep and came to the ground So uh, to set up and get the day running. We had audio issues last week with North Melbourne and Darabin. The other weeks it was the video company. Last week was our fault. We found out it was a cable that we we're using. We got the cable sorted by the next day. We apologise for that. We put our hands up when we say we got something wrong but it's annoying that at the moment that we're kind of picking up the slack 3RBB had to pick up the commentary slack on behalf of the league y- yesterday when it comes to articles they're slowly starting to do something with again with the hired Lucy Watkin but prior to that you have to go to someone like Drafts, which we proudly promote, draftcentral.com.au, particularly when it comes to Nabbly coverage and video coverage. Draft Draft Central, I don't know what budget they've got. I don't think it's probably a very big budget, but they're Phenomenal. kicking the butt. They're kicking the butt of the AFL, and the AFL have got multi million dollar studios, and you're wondering where the hell did that money go? <laughs>
9: but it just shows you don't need to spend time fancying up the website, Draft Central, nice and simple. Yeah. But geez, the content on it
7: is so great. How good are they? Simple and effective oh. and so thorough, and they know the history of where all the these plays have come from, they're just excellent.
8: Mm. Mike, if you sit down and talk with Peter Wims like I do every year for a draft special and I try and scratch the surface with them, and said, oh, Pete, we'll just talk for 10 minutes. Yeah, no worries. Three hours like, later, <laughs> we're still going.
7: Pete, I'm taking the Gold Star I gave a few for, for pronouncing my last oh. name and giving it to Draft
8: Central because they are <laughs> <laughs> sensational. Agreed. That? On that uh, on that devastating news that I've lost <laughs> the Gold Star, we'll take a break. When we return after we've had our 10-minute win, sorry to everyone at Bomber Blitz who's probably listening going, oh, get on with it. We will. The bounce down's at 11 o'clock. Essendon and down, coming up right after this.
0: A tough time doesn't excuse abusive behaviour at home. Even in crisis, there's no place for domestic or family violence. If you, your family or community is affected, help is available online and by phone 24-7. For free, confidential advice, support and counselling for everyone, contact 1800RESPECT. There's no place for domestic or family violence. Help is here. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. How often should you wash your hands? Maybe around nine times a day. Four? Like 20? Maybe twice a day. Whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands?
4: After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat. At the beginning. I wash my hands before preparing food.
9: How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an 8 out of ten, six or 7. 7.5?
14: 7. Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au slash training Food safety, it's in your hands.
5: Been playing for a while, sweet kicks Cause footy makes you smile, sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile, sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile Sweet Kicks Football Yay! (laughs)
1: ha! <laughs> they're my grandkids. Gee, they can make some noise. But do you know what? It's a beautiful sound because they're alive and having fun. The sound I hate is silence in the pool. When a child drowns, you hear nothing. No splashing, no cries for help. Be vigilant around water. Fence the pool, shut the gate. I teach your kids to swim, it's great. Supervise, watch your mate and learn how to resuscitate. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive, do the five.
11: It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au.
5: Elder abuse can take many forms. Financial abuse is the most common.
13: He said, Mum, I'll get the money for you. I gave him my card. He's my son.
1: And then I got a call from the bank manager.
5: I never expected this from my daughter.
11: If I don't change my will, I can't see the
13: grandkids again.
5: For free confidential support, call 1-800-ELDER-HELP. That's 1-800-353-374.
14: The average person spends 44 minutes a day thinking about food. At OzHarvest, thinking about food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day, we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to OzHarvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org. Thought for food.
1: No business wants to throw money away, but did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? Planet Ark's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions, and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business.
8: The cat VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFRadio.com and fingers crossed very shortly on the YouTube stream I say I see it says waiting for connection hopefully someone somewhere upstairs pushes the button and it all goes live. If you ever have any problems don't worry, WARFRadio.com have you covered like we do each and every week. Peter Holden, Lauren Borden, Elise Collette and Sophie Fazalari down the end great to have you all and uh, we just watched the costs in the middle the ground before we get the tips for today's game and the call is with the Williamstown captain she will kick towards the airport end of the ground or left the radio dial or towards the DJR end because I think I see him in the red sleeves and the bomber jumper standing high behind the goals that is the perch of uh, he calls himself DJRFM he doesn't obviously broadcast but he types on bomber blitz forum (laughs) he is a celebrity there believe it or not he'll be signing autographs later on Hey, yeah, and by the way anyone who comes to the ground uh, if you bring your radio with you 89.1 FM you can hear it's called delay free Wharfradio.com because of the internet it's probably like a 20 second delay but if you obviously are at the ground 89.1 FM only at the ground you'll be able to hear us delay free let's get some tits in today Sophie Vasilari, we'll start with you down the end who is going to win today and by how much? I
7: think Bummers will win by two goals. I love a good game of adversity without their captain, so I reckon Bummers by two goals. Elise Collette.
10: I'm also going
9: to pick Essendon by, I'll say, three goals. I am going to go and join that club and also pick Essendon as they run into the middle now. I just think they've got a game they do use their space well. I know they're going to try and use it even better today. But I haven't seen Williamstown this year in full disclosure, so I don't know what to expect from them. But from what I've seen of the Bombers, they
8: do look good. Uh, As much as I'd maybe like to see maybe a hint of a boil over just to spice up the season, I've got a feeling that Essendon, when they do get going, particularly on a nice day like today, have got too much firepower. And I think Essendon by about four goals today. That's for me. We're just about ready to get underway and it looks like Nelda's going to be starting in the uh, ruck there for the Bombers. Just waiting for the Wimstown ruck to get in position and will be underway in just a moment's time. As we said, the big out for Essendon. Georgia Nanscorn, their captain. How will they go without her today? We're about to find out. Starting in the middle there, Lauren Gooden for Wimstown. She kicked two goals actually last week to get us underway. Here is Lauren Borden.
9: So we're all set to get underway here at the hangar. It's the Bombers v Williamstown. And the umpire's getting ready to start playing. We'll look to see which team can get the advantage early and hopefully they'll try and continue on with it. The sun's just tucked itself away here after quite a bright morning, but when it's out it's been warm, so they might have to contend with some of these warm conditions here. And they're the
8: using and they're using the uh, air can horn today. So believe me, that's not me after Taco Bell.
9: We've gone old school with the air horn. All right, so the ball's down, running onto it, ease boom sounds good, and she's able to grab the ball. Just put it on the right boot and send it out wide, but she's able to find her teammate. Hold on holding on to a strong mark there was Stratford. So it's Williamstown who are starting strong early. Stratford sends a kick that just bounces over the top of her teammate. In and amongst it and falling on the ground there was Julian for the Bombers. Bombers will have it at the bottom there and wrap it up, but the ball comes out and pops out. Still in and amongst it is Julian, but the ball's wrapped up along Williamstown's half-forward line. And we'll have a ball up.
8: It's about ready to restart play. Throw it high in the air. Just tapping along there is Gooden. Ball bounced around at the half-forward flank here for Wimstown. Everyone's going to just jump on top of the pill. And the umpire says it's going nowhere. We're going to call for a ball up. Getting in there and getting involved early. Elizabeth Snell for the Bombers. Rucks nominate, and up in the air we go again, one out by Nelda, punched towards true centre-half back, Hugo was lurking around there, picking up the football there well, was the 21 and Donnell, kicked it up the line, almost intercepted 30 metres out from the goal for Wimstown, going to be taken away though by the Bombers with it momentarily is Gardner kicks it out towards the wing on the Melrose drive side of the ground, hand pass going backwards one step and a kick going up the line with Dicker goes towards the wing position, finds the intended target, comes back in board to Alois Ashley Cooper. She's away. Cooper now kicks in towards the middle of the ground with a heap of space. There is Emma Mackey. Mackey goes for a run. Oh, it's a worm burner of a kick on the left. Did a teammate absolutely no favours, but the support there from the Bombers in plenty of numbers. The hurry kick around. I think it was Ashley Cooper who chased up her own kick in the end, trying to get across to Frederica through. She falls over the Wimstown player on the ground there in Danelle. Everyone's going to jump on top of the football and we're going to call for a ball up. Let's get some thoughts early from Sophie Fazolari.
7: It was really good to see Ashley Cooper. You utilize that corridor and kick it straight in and I just want to touch on that Malonikis is playing a very physical tight tag on Barber.
9: So Stepnell there just pulls the ball out of the ruck and she'll take it to the ground she'll get a free kick here for being taken too high so Laurie Stepnell has a chance here to put the Bombers first goal of the day on just a few minutes into this first term here at the hangar she'll be kicking from about 30 meters out on a bit of an angle She'll go here and just try after Williamstown's very early quick start to the day. It's up to the Bombers here to go on the rebound and put that goal on the board. So she'll take her running with the bright yellow boots. Pops up high. Doesn't make the distance. So she'll hit the goal square. A teammate's able to just give it a bit of a punch in through. But that punch goes straight into the hands of Williamstown. So it's Williamstown who can move it about 30 metres high. But at the top of the arc, it's taken by McKay. Makai will be able to just go forward here and try and rebound it again, lock the ball into her side's defence, into her side's attack. And she sends it down there; it goes into the, nearly into the hands of Stepney. She can't hold on to it. Williamstown's fighting along the ground here just to pull that ball and get it out to some safety. And the best they can do is draw a stoppage and a ball up 15 metres out from the Bombers' goal.
8: Umpire says, let's restart the play. Rucks are going to nominate here. Doing the rucking there. Step null for the Bombers. Brought it to the ground. One to run onto it is Amy Whelan. Get the ball in front of herself. Got away from opponent with a quick little hand pass to Mead. Wimstown captain goes up to Lauren Gooden who takes the mark. Gooden with the football on the half-back flank. Now works it towards the broadcast side wing position. Spall from behind. Tackle laid on by the Bombers there in the uh, 42, I think, which we don't have the number. We'll have to check on that in just a moment's time watching on there in the contest Melnick is coming away there McDonald McDonald on the right boot coming in board Mark taken for the Bombers just between center wing and the half forward flank watching the mark is Williamson for Williamstown they get on the right boot and an excellent spoil there on Marianne Anthony, Anthony had to go back again, umpire says you took on the player and you got caught holding the football and that means Megan Williamson will take the free kick La- uh, had 20 disposals 7 tackles last week, she kicks to Gooden, finds her on centre wing Gooden looking for some options elects to pull the kick wasn't all that great, fell short Yugel spinning around does well, gets on the right boot, goes up the line, was trying to find Barber. One hand brought it to ground. Wanted to give the don't argue. Lofnay came in, says I want a few words with you. Took her high and the umpire says you can't do that unless you're in a car park in West Meadows. Free kick to the Bombers.
9: So Barber was clearly taken high there and she just sends off the short little chip kick across to her teammate, McDonald, who does the same and she finds Anthony. So Anthony on the half forward flank here. Looks like she might go long. The kick comes off the side of her boot and does not go the way she wants. So it's just cleaned up there by her opponent in Wheeler who sends it back and it ping-pongs back to Anthony who gets it off the boot a lot better this time and sends it inside 50. Getting first hands to it though is Williamstown but having to just let go of the ball was Baxter after a strong tackle from her Bombers opponent. The ball falls to ground at the bottom of the pack. There is Barber who's had plenty of the ball in the last few minutes so the umpire will throw it up just on the half-forward line there for the Bombers.
7: They took 15 minutes to score their first goal last week and they really need to capitalise on these forward 50 entries.
9: So the Bombers have their chance here, but they're wrapping up the Williamstown play with the ball there and we'll have a ball up exactly where we just had one, 15 seconds ago.
8: Malnick is the player there going to ground as we throw it up in the air. King doing the rucking there for Williamstown, close towards the boundary line. Want to do a little scoop back the play. The umpire said she'd already gone over the boundary line. We'll call for a throw. Let's get some thoughts from Elise Collette.
10: Yeah, although Essendon are peppering the goals, the Williamstown defence is holding up, holding up very well at the moment and making it very hard for Essendon to capitalise on their uh, forward 50 entries.
8: No score yet. First term on WARFRadio.com. You're home at Wim footy. Cecilia McIntosh went to try and go for the football. It bounced over her head, then almost came back into her favour fortuitously. Got to a teammate who swung around towards the hotspot, 40 metres out from goal. Bounced off of her chest. The original target was Friswell. Couldn't get to her. Quick little hands backwards to uh, to the player there in McIntosh. Was courtesy of Hosking. Ball now in dispute. At centre half forward here for the Bombers. They'll fight and scrap hard for it. Anthony goes in. Picks it up. Steps around left. Now it was touched off the boot as she tried to kick it towards the top of the goal square. Punch coming in there for from McDonald put it again into the hot spot 30 metres out from goal taken away though by Ryan the deputant for Williamstown right across to a teammate who kicked it long through the hands there of Heil will it get back out maybe a little tug of the jumper umpire didn't spot it in goes Anthony once again who has been working hard early for the Bombers and will call for yet another ball up centre wing broadcast side some thoughts from Sophie Pazilari
7: as um Elise just said Williamstown's defence is absolutely phenomenal phenomenal but William um I said in Australia just get out the back door at the moment
9: so the Bombers are able to pop it down from centre wing into their 50-metre arc. Just goes over the head there of Stepnel. She can't hold on to it. She's got another chance here and she picks it up and puts it on the right boot. It'll bounce, it'll bounce, but it'll bounce just left. So the first score of the day there will go to Stepnell. Just a minor score and it'll be the home side. Just one point leading Williamstown. No score yet, bringing it back in here. Will we backstab? What did you think of that, Ali?
10: Yeah, it, was, it was good pressure there from Essendon just to the second, third and fourth effort to to make sure that they were able to finally get a score on the board.
9: So Baxter takes a long kick out and she sends it outside the 50 with that long bomb. Although first touch there is Mackie who's able to just dribble it across to her teammate with a nice little tap there. And she gets it to the acting captain, Ugle who gets a little hand pass across to Snell who sends it into the 50. Cut off by the Williamstown opponent. But the bomber's able to hold on here and calling for the ball there is Stepnell. She wants another go at it. She centres it but she sends Enters it straight to her Williamstown opponent in Meade. So the captain will have another chance here just to steady the side and move it out of the danger zone. She gets it to the top of the 50 and into the arms of her teammate who just can't hold on to it there. And the ball will be another chance for the bombers and beautiful tackle there. She might have taken her up. Oh, so she'd caused, caused a held ball call there was Mackie, who's been very prominent early. So she'll have a chance to go, but she doesn't go for it. Instead, she opts for the short kick, but she can't hit her teammate in Clifford. And it'll be Williamstown now, who might be able to go on a little bit of a run via Casey, who just sends the ball long. There's no one home for Williamstown, no one in the 50. So it'll be up up to the players to cause a little bit of a pack here and see what they can make out of it. The bottom there was Beatenweg Webster. And there'll be
7: a throw up centre wing of the ground.
9: Got some
8: around the ground scores just quickly in the third term. Collingwood 3-3-21, Southern Saints 3 19
7: Alana Barber has just gone off and Fru has came on for her as well.
8: As the umpire throws the ball up, to brought it down to ground, going in for the tackle is Donnell, trying to come through and juggle the football page. Nash lost control of it, fight on in the middle of the ground, trying to keep it in front of her as McDonald. She goes again, trying to dance over the top of the ball as Tripodi, couldn't pick it up there for Weemstown, Still in dispute, coming out towards centre wing now, broadcast side, Weemstown football, putting it on the left boot is Williamson. Williamson goes up the wing, managing to take a mark and doing well there is Whelan, beating out Ugal in that contest. Alex to come a little bit in board Marcus taken, good grab swinging around and taking it with Snellets Tori Snellets, wearing the number 20 kicks it towards the half forward flank position not a smart move, went to a two on one contest got it back, I think might be gra there for Wimstown. got brought to ground had support in there, the cavalry arrives but guess what, it's all stuck in there half a dozen will jump on it and the umpire says uh, that's a stalemate I'm going to call for a ball up and reset play 50 metres out from the Wimstown goal kicking to the left of screen
9: so we're halfway through the first term here at the hangar. Williamstown with an opportunity here, and it'll be through the hands of Tripodi, who sends it into the goal square. They've got a chance here. They're just 10 metres out from goal. toing and throwing a little bit. They can pick up the ball, but it's dribbling along the ground. The ball goes straight across the face of ground and just heads towards the boundary line. Might be a chance to keep it in on the outer wing. The Bombers player does that, but she's taken to ground. The umpire lets it go then, even though all the Williamstown supporters here are calling for holding the ball, but... They won't get that for their result in the in their attacking uh, 50. So instead, we'll have a ball up on the outer side of the ground in front of the scoreboard.
8: As they throw the football up in the air, it'll just ping-pong around. hurried little kick out of the contest for the Bombers. Got towards their half-back flank. Being brought down there was Dicker. She tried to get a hand pass away. Williamstown just building that wall across the 50, trying to keep it in. Getting in there as Williamson umpires pulled out a free kick said Bombers football... They wanted to play on quickly. The umpire says, no, you've got to go back and restart and do it all over again. And that is the 47 in Zali Friswell, one of the quarter cannons coming up. By the way, the game is now streaming live on YouTube. It started a little late, but if you go to YouTube, punch in VFLW, you'll find the video stream of this game. Already 19 people watching online. Thank you very much for finding the uh, game that was barely promoted as now taking it. Does that mean giving another little whack again? I'm going to get a phone call this week, aren't I? Ashley Cooper goes out towards the wing on the Melrose Drive side of the ground. Looking to go up towards the half-forward flank. Fighting forward to Snell with her opponent. Almost had a wheel clamp on her. And the umpires awarded it to Williamstown. Uh, no, pointed one way then the other. I was going to say awarded it to Wimstown, but awarded, awarded it to Snell in the end. Kicks towards the half-forward flank position looking for Stepnol. Couldn't get there. Picking it up though is Sasha Long. Gave it off quickly to Strafford who kicked up the line. Was going to be intercepted when Julian put her hands up. Couldn't quite hang on to it. Had plenty of support though. Will get the football back. Kicks it towards the half-forward flank position again. Not executing well with those second disposals, the Bombers. King got the hand pass away only for it to be intercepted in heavy traffic. Williamstown find themselves stuck with wheeling, spinning her wheels really, going around, going nowhere. High bombers kick towards the 50 metre arc, very wide, close towards the boundary line. Backing back underneath it is Sasha Long. She says, calm the farm, people. Let's try and uh, take a breather here. And she kicks it very close towards the boundary line. Mark taken in the end by Ruby Tripodi.
9: So Ruby Tripodi will look just to cause a bit of composure to her side here, a bit of a frantic last few minutes there from Williamstown. But they'll stay on the outer side of the ground and look to go here. It's the Bombers who are able to just pick it up and throw up a little bit of a high ball there that'll fall straight into the arms of Lofnane. 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 Lofnane, sorry. I'll get that right by the end of the day. So Lofnane sends it, but it'll be picked up by an opponent here. So it's the Bombers who, again, are able to go forward just in the same manner that they've done today. They've always been able to just steady when Williamstown are pressing at them. So they'll pop it up to the top of the 50. Plenty of Williams players... In and about there to pick it up, and that's exactly what they do in and amongst there, was Long again, being a little bit of a general along the
7: back line. William's town doing a really good job in making Eston slow down and compose because, we well, you know, they're a run and carry team. They love to handball it, so they're doing a really good job in that sense.
9: So it's Long again who she takes the kick and finds her teammate. Just marks it and they'll just go slowly here. Although it's the Bombers that are able to pick it up again and they just cause that intercept. Clifford in amongst it, falls to ground, not able to grab the ball. So it'll be Williamstown again just ping-ponging the ball back. They send it out wide. They're favouring that outer wing at the hangar early. And yet again, it's the Bombers able to clean up the ball and try and go forward with a kick. Heads into the centre of the ground. There's about three Bombers players able to run on it, to it, so it's a very good chance here for the home side to get on a run. It's Dicker who just sends it long. She sends it into the goal square. She's got a teammate running onto it who puts it on the boot, but through, unable to make the most of an open goal square, and she just puts it on, puts it right, left actually, and it's a point. So it's the Bombers two points leading Williamstown, no score. So thoughts of Malise Killett. Yeah, that would have been
10: frustrating for Fru there not to just, not to make the most of Dicker's good kick. Um, but uh, we heard from Brendan Major pre-game saying that Essendon need to use the uh, space well today. And both sides are proving it because their best play, both, both sides' best play have been when they found that free player and, and got the kick
8: to them as the ball is still at the half-forward flank here from the Bombers, now going to have a quick kick as McDonald, she's away to the right, minus score three behinds for the Bombers no score yet for Weemstown here in the first term, WIRFradio.com and now on the YouTube stream just search VFLW and you can find it, thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning here at the Hangar, wait for the kick to come back into play from the Towners being kicked by Aaron Mead, the captain, goes short to the right-hand back pocket Oh, the kick was absolutely woeful. I think it was McDonald that might have been the one putting on the pressure there. Anthony will come in. Here's Mireille Clifford wanted to throw her body into the contest. Jumping on top, Frederica Fru. And in comes Clifford, tries to rip someone off the pack. And the umpire says, no, nah, it's going nowhere. Let's have a ball up. About 40 metres out from the Bombers goal. Let's get some thoughts from Sophie Fazilari.
7: Essendon are doing really well in keeping it, locking it in their forward 50, but it'd be good if they can convert it. We know last week the wet weather caused them some havoc. So hopefully that today they can start seeing some scores on the board.
9: So the bombers will get a free kick here. Again, same place as the ball up. Oh, just go for the quick handball out back. <laughs> nice little balk there. will help them go forward. Popping it up to the top of the goal score. In amongst it there for the bombers was Clifford. She can't hold on to it because she had about three Williams players, t- players, Williamstown players around her. And it's Williamstown who again hold the ball, but geez, there's some good pressure coming here from the Bombers just to force in there. Picking it up was, oh, picking it up there was Friswell who just sends it out wide and it'll be no score here, but it'll be a throw-in for the Bombers. There's about four minutes left in this quarter, so plenty of time for the Bombers to put on a major and just add to the three behinds that they've scored so far today. Yet to put on the six points though.
8: Umpire walks 10 metres back in to throw it Back into play, and it means he'll probably land in the hot spot 30 metres out from goal directly in front. Spinning back. Who's going up against Stepnell? Almost going by herself. Takes immediately out of the ruck. Alexa Payon. Laurie Stepnell away to the left. Two behinds today. She got nine goals in her first season,
7: so it'll be really good if she can finally get one for the year.
8: Four behinds for the Bombers. Weemstown yet to score. Maybe will that come back to haunt them? Let's see how the game progresses.
9: So it'll be Williamstown now. They just have been struggling to get it out of their defensive 50 here and it'll be a tough struggle there, longs in and amongst it. She's doing her best for the away side. She's caught and she's taken there and the umpire will come in and throw it out and throw it up. But, gee, Ali, I think Williamstown have really been struggling to get it out of their defence so far today. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if uh, how many times... Uh... Williamstown have
10: gone to kick it out of their defensive 50, whether it's after a behind or any other situation
9: and um, Essendon have managed to smother it. So Stepnall and Snell in amongst it there for the Bombers but they're just able to take it out to the safety of the boundary so we'll have another throw in that'll again pop it into a good spot for the Bombers. As they look to get that major on the board, going up for it for the Bombers will be Stepnell, who's been doing some good ruck work for the Bombers in their defensive 50. She likes to go for the grab straight out of the throwing, but she couldn't get it that time. And at the bottom of the pack there will be Williamson for Williamstown. And yet again, there'll be another stoppage and the umpire will come in to throw it up
8: here on WARFRadio.com tomorrow from 11 we're at uh, Bill Laurie Oval and Westgarth for Darabin versus the Western Bulldogs that's 11th versus 12th back contest, quickly kicked out by Mel Nickus to try and get out of their back 50 McIntosh earlier was making a go of it in fact she'll pick up the loose ball now gets a hand pass away and uh, hurry kick in by Anthony in towards the forward 50, going to be taken back out though by the Seagulls with a kick that just manages to be weighted enough for Strafford to take him up before a his opponent crashed into her. Strafford, half-back flank, broadcast side, goes towards the wing position. Standing for it was Gardner, beaten out in the contest by Good. gave up the hand pass. Chain of handballs with with Malnickas coming through there. Look out, here comes the C-bomb. McIntosh picks it up cleanly. McIntosh still going. McIntosh, well weighted kick. Spotting up the target there in Frederica, Through, through on the right boot. That is a barrel, a spinning sideways barrel to go Towards the 40-meter mark directly in front. Gain no advantage though for the bombers. Seagulls are gonna swoop on this, and the umpire's just going to circle, circle, circle while trying desperately as Baba. And the umpire's been for holding the ball. And the Wingstown player looks up and goes, huh? <laughs> and the umpire says, No, nah, you didn't get rid of it. Barber wanted it, and she's gonna have a shot. And me, Barber was one of those in there trying to go for it, but the player having the shot. Once we get the uh, sheet. Thank you very much. The new binoculars on, which I'm still getting used to. I hope they're good enough. They cost me about 70 bucks from do. <laughs> it's going in there. Friswell, directly in front. And you can hear by the crowd noise. They're very happy. She's got her first. They get around it. And Zali Friswell puts the bombers on the scoreboard to go 1 for 10. Weemstown yet to score. Let's get some thoughts from Sophie Bazolari.
7: I love seeing that new player, an Abba Fowdy Junior, and a Calder Cannon affiliate. I think Essendon's is doing a great job in bringing these young girls in. And look, look at the love out there. You just want to be out there, don't you?
8: If she was from Abba I wouldn't have praised her then.
10: <laughs> <laughs> but that that all started with Cecilia McIntosh doing what she does best, just running into that forward 50 and creating those targets for
8: Sorry, Old Chicana Cricket Club rivalries die hard. As the umpire here's the hooter, blows the whistle to say that is quarter time and the Bombers will take a 10 point lead into the break. 1-4-10 to no score. Zali Friswell with that goal just before quarter time. Let's get some thoughts from Elise Collette and Sophie Fazalari in a quarter where at least the last 10 minutes Williamsdown got stuck in their own back yeah, absolutely. And I think it was,
10: was you, Lauren, that was alluding to the fact that, yeah, they were just were struggling to get it out of their 50. But particularly early on in that quarter, they had promising moments. They were finding the space. They were finding the run. But, yeah, they just just couldn't quite convert on the scoreboard. But if I was Penny Keelerin and, and the Williamstown coaching staff, I wouldn't be too, too down about it because – they're, they're definitely still in it. They've, they've shown that shown that they can potentially ca- cause some damage, but yeah, they'll be hoping to make the most of, of their chances for the rest of the game.
7: Um, Williams are doing an amazing job in stopping Essendon's run-and-carry game, and I think it's really notable to mention that Malinikis has... Has attained the nickname Serial Pest because she is giving Courtney Ugle a run for her money. She's not giving her an inch of space, and I really think she's playing a crucial role in shutting down that handball game. We see Alana Barber and Courtney Ugle, when they can get that running carry going, they are forced to be reckoned with Essendon. Um, so I really think that would be one matchup to watch going into the second term.
8: And by the way, we should give a shout out to the DJ R uh, who is listening uh, via, of course, wrfradio.com and on the Blitz forums. He says, "By the way, crew, nice rant earlier." So <laughs> thank, thank, you very much for those that are, that uh, were listening to that rant <laughs> earlier about the state of the VFL VFLW uh, website. The question is, there's maybe a light breeze. Does it help weemstown in the second quarter? I don't, I don't know, because I'm. There is a tiny breeze, probably
10: flowing towards that end that Essendon were uh, were kicking out towards that turn, but I don't think it's enough to make much of a difference.
7: And I would say if they played on their home turf the whole year, it would, working with the wind, but they haven't played there that whole year. So I don't think they
8: know any different. Well, we're about to find out, I guess, of the second quarter coming up right after this on WRFradio.com. Bombers lead the Seagulls by 10 points back after this.
2: The mate with the high-tech Bluetooth fish finder but not a life jacket. You know the type. So when enjoying the water, make the right call to keep your mates safe. Make sure they wear a life jacket. A message from your mates at Royal Life Saving. Draft Central
13: is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues from the VFLW, Waffle W, and W, as well as their primary focus, the NAB League girls. Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central as well as on our Facebook,
6: Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz. The Smith family have been helping disadvantaged Australian children for decades. Today we focus on helping children break the cycle of disadvantage by supporting them to get the most out of their education. But right now, one in six Australian children are living in poverty and don't have what they need for school. These kids need a hand up, not a handout you can help them get the school essentials they need to fit in and the extra learning support to keep up please sponsor an australian child today search the smith family
4: winter has really set in time for hot drinks warm soups a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.
16: Hi, Kirk Pingilly from In Excess here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats, but our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today.
8: On WARFRadio.com and the VFLW YouTube stream. Until I get yanked off the air, probably for ranting, this is the WHAHOF Radio VFLW match of the day. Peter Holden, Lauren Borden, Elise Collette and uh, Sophie Fazalari with you today. Don't forget tomorrow, it'll be yours truly. Paul Sebastiani, James Halley and Lisa Coach Kiwi Roper for the Darabin versus uh, Western Bulldogs game out there at... uh at Bill Laurie Oval in Westgarth. I do have an around-the-ground score for you between Collingwood and the Southern Saints. At the moment, it's the Pies, 4-3-27, leading the Southern Saints 3-1-19. So it ain't over yet, but there's probably about 10 to 15 minutes to go in that game. Just
10: going back to what you you said as as we came back on air, Pete. If you get yanked off air for ranting, the three of us are going to get yanked (laughs) off for ranting as well.
8: (laughs) Oh, well, one in, all in. (laughs) Is this (laughs) where we do a union thing and we go solidarity or something like that? Uh, We're just about ready to get underway. Most of the Essendon fans staying on the Melrose Drive side of the ground. The Wimstown supporters, of course, staying close to their interchange bench as they watch. And, of course, they can listen through the big boombox speaker that we've set up. Therefore, on 89.1 FM of the ground, delay-free coverage... Getting us underway in the second quarter, it's Lauren Borden.
9: So the air horn's gone and up we go. We've got the two rucks going into it. This time it'll be McGrath for Williamstown. She gets the tap out just to help her side to advantage here. And again, they've started like the first term and had a chance here, but the ball just swings past Ben Webster and into the arms of Bombers who are taken down with ferocity. And Williamstown forcing it free here, 45 metres out from their goal. Gardner coughing it up. So a great start here. Is that to now? From the seagulls just to really see if they can put a little bit of scoreboard pressure in she's lining up though so <laughs> gonna have a chance here but also looking there's a few leads coming from her teammates popping in and around there was Georges. she wants the ball but instead it'll just be a long ball going in it looks like onto the right boot pop to the top of the square was Beanwed webster she sends it there but it's just cleaned up by our opponent ashley cooper who sends a nice long ball there but it's cut off again Mead, so Meade's able to run onto it, pops it on the left boot, just a short little chip kick, basically to herself, but instead it's cleaned up by her opponent there, everyone's jumping on each other, lots of ferocious tackles here from Williamstown, Gee, I don't know how you two are seeing it, but it looks like they've started with a lot of ferocity at the moment. Yeah, and it was it was clever from
10: Mead to just try and do that short kick to herself, because if she didn't do anything, she was probably going to get tackled and pinfolded in the ball.
8: Ooh, um, Elizabeth McGrath doing the ruck work there for Williamstown. As the ball got brought to ground and everyone wants to jump on the ball. And the umpire now eventually says, uh, yeah, let's call for a ball up. Alana Barber on the bottom of that pack at the half-back flank for the Bombers. 52 metres out from the Weemstown goal. Melrose drive side of the ground. Umpires pulls out a free kick here for too high. And it's going the way of the Seagulls. And with it is the number nine and Ruby Tripodi. Tripodi with the football. Decides to wind up in 52. Look to pass the last second The Bidenweg-Webster. Spalled at the last second from behind. Going in there and trying to get the footballers wheel And Bidenweg-Webster throws the arms out for the academy performance. Umpire says not buying it. She went back in, got the football. Hand pass to Stratford. Picked off, thank you very much. Jesse Davies coming through. Kicks it around the corner to try and get it into the center square. Ball falls just short of it. Now it pops in, but it's courtesy of Wimsdown. Going backwards to go forwards, if that makes sense. Through McGrath was one of them that gave off the hand pass. Having to go backwards. Again, trying to use Mead. Now they kick towards the centre-half forward position. Floating football. Works out okay. Claire Ryan, the debutante, takes it. Gets on the right boot. Has a player free in the pocket. And marking it 40 metres out from goal is Tripodi. And she's kind of arguing the point to the umpire about where Nicole Julian is standing, saying maybe she went over the mark and the umpire says, maybe, maybe not. But you'll have to go back and have your shot. So from 45 metres out from goal, Jaboti kicks it towards the top of the square. Spore from behind, courtesy of Gardner. Head over the football, wheeling, couldn't get it out. Going in there, Page Nash as well, fighting hard for the Seagulls. Going in there is Eugle. Puts the wheel clamp on. Stops her wins down opponent flat. And the umpire says ball up 25 metres out from the Seagulls goal. So
9: Strafford there taken to the bottom of the pack. But she dusts herself up and gets up there. And she'll want to get on the end of this ball up here. And instead it's the Bombers who just bash it away. Nice little pass there from Barbara across to McIntosh. Who goes back for a second and third helping of that one. Puts it on the left boot. will go close to the boundary line. But well-weighted kick and she'll find Clifford. So Clifford here on the broadcast side of the ground, just in front of the benches here at the hangar, will go up and she'll put on the right boot. And again, she'll stay close to the boundary, but it should give uh, Davies enough time to run onto it. She's beaten to the ball though there from McGinn. So she'll grab the ball, little hand pass there across to Loftane, who sends a really high ball up, giving team her teammates and her opponents plenty of time to get there. And they'll just push it across the line and we'll have a throw in right in front of the Williamstown bench.
10: Before that run from McIntosh, it almost felt like the roles had been reversed. Essendon were the ones struggling to get out of their defensive 50, and Williamstown were the ones that were able to lock it in very well.
8: McGrath beat out Nelder on this occasion. Anthony just shoved the player, pardon me, Nicole Julian shoved the player on the way through. Heil was watching on. Julian wanted to go again. Getting in there as Mel Nickus just smashed into the ground. And the umpire says no opportunity will call for a ball up. Score check, Essendon 1-4-10. yet to score here on WRFradio.com and the BFLW YouTube stream. Punching it forward there, Nelda. Ball bubbled around, trying to get into it, Hosking. Umpire says throwing the football, you cannot do that. And that will be a free kick going the way of the Seagulls. And on centre wing broadcast side, having the ball will be Amy Whelan. Whelan on the right boot, goes towards the half-forward flank position, parking herself underneath it with a good mark is Casey Lennox. Lennox looking around, looks to go left, gets on the right boot, pumps it up the line, possibly wanted Marianne Anthony to try and run onto the football. Almost did, but got bumped off of it at the very last second. It's probably there from Hosking, but Wimstown will take the football away. They'll be very close towards the boundary line. In comes the fist of Kendra Hull and just goes, denied! And the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Let's get some thoughts from Sophie Williams Williamstown just then doing a really
7: good job in not getting sucked into the contest and utilising that space really well. So five
9: minutes into the second term, it's the Bombers by ten on their home ground at the hangar. The umpire throws the ball in. Now he'll go straight into Williamstown, but snatching the ball out of it was Lennox who just takes the ball, but she can't get it to her side's advantage. But her teammate jumps in there in Julian, who tries again with a little bit of a hand pass. But William's trying to try to get it out of here and into their 50 with a string of handballs until putting it on the boot was McGrath. So she sends it in there. Running onto it was her, a, uh, was her teammate there. She gets it towards the goal square. In amongst it, she's got some si- uh, some time. is Tripodi. She sends across the hand pass. Benweg Webster's there. She's trying to do something. But it's the Bombers who can pick it up in Julian, and just the ball will just be forced out for a throw-in.
7: I just want to take you back to a two moments' time when Lennox had it there. If she stuck that tackle and actually used her body and brought her to ground, it wouldn't have got to this. So I think Esden really need to not finger tackle and use their body to bring down Williamstown.
8: Ball is thrown back into play. McGrath took it immediately out of the ruck, got the hand pass, was trying to find Ryan. Umpire off the ball has spotted a free kick. And I think it might have been against... It's, I'm not sure if it was in that contest. Uh, I was thinking for a moment, because she looked towards Mary Ray Clifford it was against her. But if it was, it would have been further up the ground. But clearly she spotted it in the moment at uh, 35 metres up from goal. And either way, it's Courtney Eugle who will end up with a free kick. And Courtney Eugle says, let's go for a run. Ooh, shank kick though. And straight down the throat of Amy Whelan, who was just loitering. And she went, OK, I'll take the football." ball. And a 50-metre penalty uh, for a cr- player cr- running in the protected area. Oh, goodness gracious me. Which
7: rule book does that one come under? <laughs> All three?
8: <laughs> Against Grace Dicker, yeah, because of that five-metre rule, which is, you know... it's unfortunate. Is it, nece- is it necessary? No. Does it justify someone's paycheck at Docklands? Yes. <laughs> As going in, Whelan, easy one, directly in front. Not to deny Wimstown this goal, and it's an easy goal. Oh, thank you very much for Amy Whelan. But it's just, you know, what it does to the game. You had the flow of a game and you go, really? Really? Yeah, it does yeah, change it up a bit. But it's a good for
10: reward for, for effort for Williamstown because they've been peppering the goals for a while, but they just haven't quite been able to convert.
9: So it's Williamstown able to just put on that last goal there by Amy, Amy Whelan. They're now trailing the Bombers playing in a, by four points
7: very aggressive brand of football in this second turn aren't they Williamstown?
9: Absolutely. They certainly are they've come with a lot of intent here into the second term as they look to make up that four-point margin not a lot in it and we'll see what they can do here with the restart Williamson able to get her hands on it but the ball's locked in right in the center circle and the umpire has no other option than to come in there and you'll throw it up just seconds after the last ball up so Up he goes, a chance here for Williamstown. Up in amongst it was Sepnil again for the Bombers, who Fru puts it on her boot and just sends it long. At a fantastic mark there, taken for Clifford. She's about 45 metres out from home, opts for the short hand pass into the hands of Fru, who gets her own ball and just goes for a little bit of a run. A few Williamstown players there able to collect it and bring it to ground and bring it into a huddle. They're trying to get the ball up. They're calling for it. The umpire's just letting it go until he runs in there and he will have a ball up. So we're just 15 metres out from the Bombers' goal. The umpire will throw it up and send it high. It falls out the back there, running onto it for the Bombers there. Could be Barber. Gets a quick handball apart. It's the same with the Bombers, but it's just stolen from their hands and taken to ground there again. We'll have another stoppage. And again, these tackles from Williamstown just keep coming.
7: Coach Major is not happy on the sideline. He sent out the runner like three times. So I think Essendon are going to have
8: a big talking to at halftime. And that's Neldo who gets the tap, taken away though, in a hurry kick by Paige Nash for Weemstown Only to be intercepted, Bombers Mark, and it's taken by Casey Lennox. Lennox decides to switch, and it's a perfect kick, and managed to find Mariana Anthony. A great kick, in fact, you might say sweet dreams are made of these. Yeah,
12: yeah, yeah. Thank you for the Lennox yeah, 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 yeah. mention,
8: as the kick is long, towards the pocket and I heard a whistle on play and the umpire's coming back here and awarding a free kick to Williamstown and that's going to go with and Williamson deep in defence between the left-hand point post and the left-hand goal post and she'll have the opportunity to clear off defence she sucks in the player on the mark in McDonald, ran around her, kicked up the line, Stepnell came at the last second punch, Frederica through with a little Texas wedge of a kick was trying to find Mia Ray Clifford, came off hand, still might work out here for the Bombers, oh, knocked over at the last second, Jessie Davies saw an open goal in front of her but someone came at the side and went crash, boom, bang and the kick sprays to make it 1-5-11 Essendon one straight six Weemstown five point lead to the Bombers here on WRFradio.com
9: So Williamstown kicking just goes straight into the hands of McDonald. She'll go for another chance here. The umpire blows his whistle, but instead it'll go back Williamstown's way. So a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card there with a kick that didn't exactly go to its intended target. Williamson. So Williamson will have a chance here. She'll go wide, and she'll opt for that outer side of the ground, the outer pocket, and it's a good kick. She hits her teammate. So who sends a nice right kick up high. Coming in there, though, was Davies, who just brings it to ground there for the Bombers and forces a little bit of a contest. Still Williamstown able to make the most of this and just being able to hold on to the ball a little bit until they're dispossessed of the ball and the free kick will go the Bombers' way. So it's sitting inside their 50 and it's still going the Bombers' way. The kick goes into a centering ball. It goes into the hands of Frew, who brings it to ground again. Williamstown able to pick it up and just clear it out. They're just trying to get it out of that danger zone, but it keeps bobbling up and bobbling back in and bobbling back into the Bombers' hands. So they'll take it again here and a little bit of control there. The top of the 50 is McIntosh, who's calling for it as an option, but it'll go back Williamstown's
8: way. Around the grounds at Trevor Barker Beach Oval, Collingwood lead the Southern Saints in the final quarter by just two points. Game on there. As taking the football now receiving from the hand pass is Williamson, who wanted to go sideways in came Mia Ray Clifford That says I'll have a say in that she got put to ground got rolled over and the umpire said no pro opportunity we'll call for a ball up we're 45 meters out from the Bombers goal as he resets play high the there it goes Nelda does the ruck work set out well for Tripodi Tripodi drew the player got it across to Williamson Williamson again quickly by hand Nash now moving up the line Gets the football back, gets on the right boot, going towards centre wing. Through the hands there of Whelan had support. And what a good new goes for a kick over the top to Bidenweg-Webster. Bidenweg-Webster kept the ball in front of herself, whoop, overran it in the end. Has to try and go back against her Bombers opponent. Bidenweg-Webster still having a crack at it. Bidenweg-Webster still going, got up, got on the right boot, goes towards the hotspot, 30 metres out from goal. Getting back there is Lennox, did the spoiling work, had some support. And the umpire says, in the back, which way? Bombers way. Lennox with the free kick, 30 metres out from defensive goal. Some thoughts from Sophie Fazalari
7: a really good play by Essendon there, just a bit, and especially Lennox, just that body-on-body contact and really good aerial contest too.
9: So again, it's Williamstown here, able to cut off that Bombers run just for a little bit there. It was right doing some good work there for the Seagulls. and The Bombers have had to work hard here. Nice little hand pass there from Barber across to McDonald and they'll centre it here that falling into the arms of Fru, but she's tackled by two Williamstown players. Still the Bombers hang on to it. Nice little string of hand passes here that has got them to this position and a beautiful kick there from McDonald. She finds the safe hands of her teammate in Nalda. So Nalda just goes for the short little kick because she can see her teammate steadies it and gets it to Clifford. So Clifford will kick just 15 metres out from goal. She's on an angle, but she should make the distance here. She's kicked seven goals for the year, Clifford. So I'd back her in to get this one, and she kicked many of those seven um, against the Hawks when we were here about a
10: month ago. Was that
9: timing right? Well, they've played. You already played the Hawks twice, the Bombers, and beaten them twice. So this time she'll be able, aiming to get her first for Williamstown again this year. She will take her running, Mia Ray Clifford, pop it up. Looks like it's going straight through in the middle there. Makes the distance easily. Mia Clifford puts on the Bombers' second goal of the day. And it's the Bombers by 12. That no, put, by 11.
7: That puts her one goal behind the league-leading goal kicker Sophie Locke for Port Melbourne. And I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a really good play with Barba and Fru just getting that run and carry game happening on the left, and they hit up Clifford straight away. So if Eston can continue that, the game's going to be theirs, and they might live up to Peter's four-goal
8: prediction. And hopefully that might just calm down Brendan Major. She's, as you said, he was sending out the runner a fair bit. If the runner went out any more, they were probably going to quit and take up a job as an Uber Eats delivery driver. They would have covered less distance that way. <laughs> as the umpire takes the football back and says, are we ready to reset play? Do we have our 5-6-5? Five, five? Waits for the down player to get in position. And throws the football up in the air and away we go again one out on that occasion by Stepnell who went to try and chase up her own football got knocked over, Marianne Anthony came in threw over her own opponent, Nash that was there, Whelan is watching on ball won't pop out to her as fighting for it is Williamson of Williamstown and the umpire says we'll take the football back and we'll call for another ball up 2-5-17 to one straight six, Bombers leading the Seagulls here at the hangar, again Williamson can't get away, Barber jumped in there now it's a Seagull's football on the right, coming towards the half forward flank, broadcast side, awkward bouncing ball there for Trapodi. Half a dozen players now warm onto it as the umpire says that's too high. Going against the player there, Nicole Julian. Trapodi saying, someone present to me. I need some options, I need some options. Umpire says you gotta hurry it up, we're not here all day. Gets on the right and the kick lets her down. Was looking for Bidenweg Webster but end up picking out the one and only Laurie Stepnell, who says, thank you very much
7: really unfortunate that no one was in Williamstown Square. I think that's no, just basics in football. We'd always have someone in the square and to lock it down.
8: Oh, Heil was in all kinds of trouble. The Canadian had to get the hand pass away. Chance here for the Seagulls. One step shot on goal is away to the right and a mark taken before it just went over the boundary line in fact was by Alexandra Morecambe and Morecambe will get going quicker with a short kick to Courtney Eagle. we got a fair old shove in the back. The umpire will still pay the mark either way. Bombers football deep in defence
9: You probably couldn't argue with that shove in the back there. So the Bombers trying to just get it out of their defensive zone here. The kick goes, though, straight into the hands of Wright. So Williamstown will look to go forward again here. Nice mark there taken by Wright, We didn't look in doubt as she took that. She pops it up to the pack in and amongst it there, though. Was Stepnell. She's been in amongst everything. She gets some support though from her teammate in McIntosh, who brings the ball to ground. And they're just waiting for the umpire to run in there and have a ball up, 20 metres out from Williamstown's goal. That kick off Eugle's boot trying to get it out of defence didn't look very didn't look very good off the boot, did it? Sure didn't. And they paid the cost there. So getting a nice little tap out there was McGrath. Sends it across. She's got a few teammates in amongst there. Ryan was up in the... A- in and about it but the ball again will be just locked in brought to ground and we'll have another ball up the umpire will come in as McGrath aims to get the another tap out, a really handy tap out that she just got then but her side wasn't able to make the most of it so again she jumps up there and rises above Stepnell and gets the tap out her teammates are able to run onto it, looks like George is there who could, could get it and nice little hand pass across there, sends a goaling opportunity there but a brilliant touch taken by Gardner who just ensures that ball does not go through for a goal and it's just a minor score there for for Williamstown, their first point of the day. So the Bombers 2-5-17, leading Williamstown 1-1-7. One, one, yeah, great uh, great touch there from Gardner stopping what would have been a goal because it
10: um, it went through between the goalposts.
8: McIntosh kicked it long out of defence. It got out the back to Jesse Davies, who kicked it into wide open spaces. Now towards the wing. On the broadcast side, Wimstown do have some numbers back there but they've just made a mess of it as they were trying to go by hand to try and find Lana King. Still being held up there, Nelda watches on, Mireille Clifford comes racing in as well. Umpire does some circle work at the back like a sheepdog, still allowing it to go on. It's not the greatest of football, it's rather scrappy. King managed to get a hurry kick out in the end. Kendra Hull chasing after it in the centre of the ground, went to kick it off the carpet and overran the football in the end. Hand pass going backwards to McIntosh with a no-look hand pass that worked out beautifully because the kick landed on the chest there of Emma Mackey who got caught as she tried to play on. Ball cried the crowd and the umpire says Wimstown free kick as there's a little bit of remonstrating going on afterwards. And Wimstown. If I'm right, I think I just threw a little left hook. <laughs> and uh, in the end it was a free kick to Emma Mackey and Mackey then got on the left boot Kicked it up towards the half forward flank position. Whoops, Mage Nash over around the football. Had to try and go back and get it again. Zali Friswell jumped in there. Couldn't get a hand pass. Whelan wanted to try and lay the tackle. Popped out to Laurie Stepnell, who off one step, kicks it in the Ray Clifford direction. Nudges her opponent underneath the football. Getting back there is Sasha Long, who kicks around the corner with an awkward little bounce. Barber is there. Two opponents on her, kept it in front of herself. Then that's Frederica Fru got brought down to ground. Ball cry the down supporters. And the the umpire says, I'm not having any of it. And we'll take the football back and we'll call for a ball up as the siren sounds for half time at the Hangar in Essendon. And the scoreboard at the moment shows 2 5 17 for the Bombers, 1 1 7 for Weemstown. And I said the Hangar in Essendon, I should say the Hangar Essendon's home ground because we are, in fact, in the suburb of Tullamarine. Again, I've worked an overnight shift, had one hour sleeping, came here. And Someone who's had better sleep than me is Elise Gillette. I think we can uh, forgive you, Pete. But
10: it, it's an interesting game so far. It's sort of, although the margin is ten points, it feels closer than that because yeah, both sides are just going, going at it. And yeah, uh, at particularly start of the quarter, we, uh, Williams Town were, were peppering the goals and locking it in very well. But then towards the end of the quarter, it felt like, felt like a bit of a flip. And Essendon were the one one's getting, getting more of the scoring opportunities so yeah, I think the game could go
8: either way. It'll be very interesting second half. Sophie Fazolari how did you see that second quarter?
7: I thought Essendon played it better when they um when hold her space within the arcs. I think in the first term she was going in the Ford 50 a lot and it was, you didn't have that run from Clifford and that lead out. So I think if they continue to hold their position and play to their role, Essendon can run away with it. But I think it brings us back to prior to the game when you were saying you really want to see Essendon blow them out of the park to really be in that top two contenders, And we're not seeing it. So we can just see what a difference they're having without Nanskorn pretty much.
8: Yeah, indeed. Nanskorn in the engine room frees up a few others to get more forward of the yeah. football. And a few just seem to be a bit bogged down at the moment because if we look at the scoreboard as much as we're saying, oh, Essendon, Essendon, Essendon. Williamstown is still in this game. They come out with a fired up third quarter and she's all on.
9: Absolutely. And I think it has been a little bit of a scrappy game, which probably doesn't favour the Bombers as well, because from what we've seen from them earlier in the year, they favour that just clean possession, short little kicks that become marks and they string them together. So this little scrappy game, plenty of stoppages, plenty of ball ups seem to really favour Williamstown to just try and scrap it out, grab grab it and get it long.
8: It, it almost feels like that kind of gamble, doesn't it? Weemstown feel like a side of, if we can just kind of lock down on them and just keep it tight, keep it tight, keep it tight, we'll pinch it at the end.
7: And they've got like Hawthorne next week, so if they can get this win under their belt, this is going to give them so much confidence going into the second end of the season. As we were saying last week, it's sort of like two different seasons in one with the AFLW girls coming back in. So it's going to be a really interesting second half for both teams.
8: Uh, scores from around the grounds. I think this might be a full-time score. Collingwood put the hammer down in the end. 6 by 41 Southern Saints 4 twenty-six, 26 And uh, at Box Hill City Oval, Hawthorne 3 nineteen 19 Lead the Casey Demons 2-2-14.
10: Interesting.
8: Close game out there. Don't forget tomorrow's games, by the way. Geelong and North Melbourne, Port Melbourne and Carlton and Darabin versus the Western Bulldogs. Goal kickers at halftime for the Bombers. It's singles to Clifford and Friswell for the Seagulls. It's one to Amy Whelan. We'll take this opportunity to take a break at halftime. Again, the scores: Essendon 2-5-17, one We'll be back on the other side of this.
13: Draft Central is entering a new era, covering all the state leagues, from the VFLW, Waffle WaffleW and QuaffleW as well as their primary focus, the NAB League girls, Draft Central has you covered when it comes to all you need to know about the future stars of the AFL women's. Draft Central, brought to you by Rookie Me, is now on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe at Draft Central as well as on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages at Draft Central Oz.
5: Been playing for a while. Sweet kicks Cause footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au Gotta go the extra mile Sweet Kicks football
11: It's enemies
2: winning gold!
11: Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling, and having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au.
3: We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programmes. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org.
0: How often should you wash your hands? Maybe around nine times a day. Four? Like 20? Maybe twice a day. Whenever they feel dirty. When should you wash your hands?
4: After you touch some raw meat. And before starting to eat. At the beginning. I wash my hands before
2: preparing food.
9: How would you rate your knowledge of food safety? Probably like an 8 out of 10. 6 or 7. 7.5? 7. Learn more at foodsafety.asn.au
14: slash training Food safety. It's in your hands.
5: If you've had something stolen
2: or if you've had property damaged, you need the police, not the sirens. If you've lost something or found something valuable.
5: Or if you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, you need the police, not the sirens. When you need the police, but not the
7: sirens, you can now report these incidents online at police.vic.gov.au or call 131 444.
2: Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. There are plenty of classic hits radio stations, but this is where GoRadio.live is different. We unashamedly select the best music from our chosen era. We develop programs that provide the music with minimal interruption. For many hours of the day, you won't hear any announcers, just great music and the occasional station ID. We let the music play through until the end. No crossfades and no announcers talking over the start and end of tracks. We think you're going to love GoRadio.Live radio radio as it should be. Check it out at www.goradio.live or download the free app from Google Play or the App Store.
10: I was lucky that when I picked up the phone that day to call my best friend that he answered
14: Despite almost every Australian knowing someone who has been affected by suicide, we still don't talk about it. Lifeline Australia's new podcast, Holding On To Hope, shares stories of survivors and the connections made to find the hope to keep living. Because when we talk about suicide, we realise our capacity to support those around us. Holding On To Hope. Lifeline.org.au forward slash podcast.
16: Hi, Kirk Pingilly from In Excess here. And whether it's music, sweet things, puppies, movies, we all love our treats. But our eyes need treating too. 300,000 Australians, including me, are affected by glaucoma. Diagnosed early, glaucoma can be managed. Left undiagnosed, it can cause blindness. So treat yourself by treating your eyes to
1: a simple test. Book your test at treatyoureyes.org.au today. No business wants to throw money away. But did you know sending resources to landfill can be more expensive than recycling them? PlanetArk's free business recycling service can kickstart your workplace recycling journey, help you find the right recycling solutions, and give you a competitive edge. Join the 1 million Australians using business recycling to keep valuable resources in circulation. Visit businessrecycling.com.au. It's just good business. <music>
0: Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving I see a lot of things at gigs Mostly people having a good time and a few drinks But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control So if you plan to drink, plan ahead Arrange a designated driver who won't drink Remember, music lives and you should too
4: Winter has really set in. Time for hot drinks, warm soups, a relaxing bath and cranking up the heater. Did you know that all these things present a burn hazard for children? In fact, 79% of burns happen in the home. Visit kidsafe.com.au to download the free burn safety checklist and get some essential tips for keeping kids safe in your home. And remember, when a burn occurs, apply cool running water for at least 20 minutes. No oil, butter, ointments or ice. Always seek medical advice if the burn is larger than 3 centimetres.
8: the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFRadio.com your home of women's football until I get into trouble for something and of course also on the VFLW YouTube stream I'm your door Peter Holden host here and of course I'm alongside three legends in Lauren Borden, Elise Collette and Sophie Fasilari and of course uh, Sophie we do point out that you're a local I believe I'm correct you're playing in the Essendon District Football League with Keelor and then Essendon Duda Stars
7: Yes, um, I am debuting next week for the to Stars. I said no to them today because I put uh, <laughs> this gig first. I said, sorry, I'd rather the view from the hangar than playing against, I think they're playing against Hillside today.
8: Oh, that's an easy win. Yeah, uh, easy win. So, 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 so of course, uh, she's with And thank you very much for being with us in this uh, broadcast position because we go. We know we've got others on duties today. I think Lucy Watkins running around from Melbourne University at the same time. And When are you pulling on the Blackburn jumper again, Elise Collette? I've actually moved across to the Eastern Devils, so no more Blackburn for me. You can Whoa. see those hello. horns sticking out. Hello, <laughs> hello. This is this is massive off season news. Uh, Eastern Devils now instead of Blackburn. Blackburn just there wasn't enough money in the brown paper bag for you, so you went to the Eastern Devils.
10: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was was not enjoying my football towards the end of 2019, and then yeah, moved across uh, moved across to the Devils, and we start our season next week against safe it, I believe. So yeah. Hopefully my my plant fasciitis behaves and I can actually um Get a
7: game next week. I believe both those teams are Catherine Smith territory. She played for both those clubs, didn't she? I don't think she played
10: for Seaford, but she did play for the Devils. What well, you yeah. think it
8: was Seaford? Seaford and I had the Hoskins. They had Georgia Walker down there as well. Mm, that's right. Yeah, so uh, the Seaford Tigerettes, and, of course, they had Kim Ed and Catherine Gillespie-Jones. They actually had some pretty decent players down there at, uh, at RF Miles Reserve. And they also had this nice wooden plank for the commentators to put the equipment on and a beer can, if you ask Christy Williams. 2-5-17, Essendon lead, Williamstown 1-1-7 at halftime as uh, the umpires are now back on the ground and we're waiting for both sides. As we said, Collingwood defeating the Southern Saints, close one at the moment between Hawthorne and Casey, which was the late game to get underway. Uh, We're also counting down to the AFLW Grand Final. That's on at 2 o'clock. I guess the question should be asked, the AFL made space uh, this weekend to try and make sure there was no men's game being played at the same time. Are we holding it at the right time of year, the AFLW Grand Final? Do we need to move it or the season? Any thoughts?
9: I think it would be great if it was a season that had its own standalone time uh, and maybe finished earlier, but it's, it's so hard It's just the market of every sport now. So many sports are coming into the game, you know, with broadcast rights and we're seeing so many more sports than we ever saw before. But there's not many gaps anymore. Now with things like the Big Bash, you don't really have any of those – Tennis. you don't have any gaps to start earlier. And you don't – I don't think you really want to be starting in December then maybe breaking for Christmas. And then I don't know if there's much you can do about it.
7: Unless there's a lot of affiliated, like, teams or um – curtain-raiser games, and they actually do it equally, such as, you know, if Collingwood, an Essendon player, have their VFLW team play at Eddie Hat or the G before it. Like, unless you can do that, and make it really inclusive, you're going to have to do two um, teams, two seasons.
8: Uh, uh, you bring up a very good point, because uh, I reckon the women's footy community is divided on this point, and that is what you dub these curtain raisers or double-headers, curtain-closers, whichever way that you want to put it. Some see it as oh, this is great, almost filling up the old days of reserves and seniors and we're all one club and we're all playing on the same day where others are like, well, no, we don't want to be seen piggybacking on the men. We want to say that we're our own But the moment the AFL
9: jumped on this competition and wanted to create its own AFLW and tries to replicate everything, it becomes piggybacking in a way. Like, I would have loved to have seen teams like Darabin, you know, who have worked so hard for women's footy, jump in and have a team in the AFL-W, but yeah. it never gets to happen that way because the AFL comes in and has a hand in it, and unfortunately, you know, it just becomes the 18 clubs we've already seen. They did it
7: last week, I think Adelaide, Glenelg, I don't know who they played, but Glenelg played a team yep. in, in the Sandthorn, they had an absolute ball, and like, the news in Adelaide, they absolutely loved that curtain raiser of that Sandthorn-W prior to the AFL game.
10: One, one thing that frustrated me um, bef- just before the AFL men's season started was like the week or so before all these media outlets were saying, footy's back, footy's back, footy's back. And then there were so many of us in this w- in the women's footy community piping up saying, no, you idiot. It's been going on since the end of January. Where the hell have you been? So it, that's the frustrating thing for me is, is women's footy... W- Was chugging along and then once this shiny new toy of AFL men's comes along everyone's attention diverts to it and it's it's just so frustrating
8: Exactly and like the thing today as much as they say they've got quite unquote clear air around the grand final, the reality is unfortunately the men's game is bigger when it comes to attention and, and, and press coverage and as soon as the women's grand final is over. Everyone's attention turns to the men's games being played that night, and that's what they talk about. There's not the, like, the men's grand final. It's the only game on that day, and, you know, and afterwards, after the grand final, the talkback lines cu- light up. People want to dissect it and, you know, and celebrate it, and then all of a sudden it's the whole back page and pages to itself. The women's thing will probably get maybe two pages in between squeezed amongst all the men's coverage of the round.
10: Yeah, if, if they're lucky, and... Yeah, I doubt, I doubt there'll be much in the Victorian papers tomorrow because there's yeah. no Victorian teams. But, yeah, yeah if it was a men, men's grand final, the, the game's a whole a whole day
8: yeah.
10: spectacular, for want of a better word.
8: Well, I think there's someone's like, done asking online, where's the grand final parade, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
9: Uh, I don't know. I think footys that's one of the appeals I find of AFLW that it doesn't have, I don't know, I don't need the grand final parade and Ed Sheeran singing at halftime. I yeah. like that you got a little bit more of that access to players and access to grounds and obviously they're at Adelaide Oval today but it'd be nice when they're at grounds like Norwood and, you know, local grounds around Arden Street, wherever it may be. Is kind of an appeal that I like that I know we'll lose eventually so I kind of want to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, that's one thing I do love about
10: AFLW is, is you can get to know the feel. players yeah. better. Yeah, like I've been lucky enough to get to know a few of the Dees girls and they're the nicest people you ever meet. But it's because d- they're Dees? <laughs> not just because they're Dees, thank you very much, but um, yeah, that, that
8: kind of thing would just never happen with the men. Exactly. Just quietly, you didn't go to Karen Paxman, who's your hairdresser's number? Uh, you're not going <laughs> to go for the same style? I must, I must admit there was talk of if
10: the Dees did make the grand final few of us, a few of us getting in the Paxi mullet, but <laughs> maybe next year. We'll see what happens.
8: We're just about ready to get underway here for the third term and to lead us off, here's Lauren Borden. So it's Gooden uh,
9: and Nelda who'll jump up in the ruck to start the second term here at the hangar. Bombers leading by 10 as we head into the second half here and just looking to make a little bit of a mark if they are to run away with this, but Williamstown being quite strong and it's the Seagulls with the ball here and Strafford' will just try and get it away a little bit, but she doesn't get it very far, and the ball rolls along to the ground into the arms of Davies, who's able to find her teammate in Mackay, who puts it on the boot and sends it up high, and the mark's taken by the Bombers, still inside the centre square, but a little chip quick, trying to get into the arms of Clifford, doesn't make the distance and doesn't make her, and it's there taken by Baxter, who's able to just grab it for Williamstown and try and change the possession of the ball here and get the ball going her side's way. Helping it along there with a nice long kick there was me, and she does make Plenty of ground there on the outer side of the ground. It's just sitting in the centre of the field. As Williamstown looks to go on a right, of bounce taken, and they'll go here, and they've got a good chance here. Just to go further, it's beatenweg Webster Sends it into the the forward 50 for Williamstown on the outer side, the outer pocket of the ground. It'll just roll over the boundary line there. But, geez, Williamstown have got a very good chance here to put a score on the board early into this second half.
8: Tripodi and Anthony seeing the football over the boundary line and out of bounds. Ten-point lead at the moment to the Bombers. Early stages of this third term, warfradio.com and the VFLW YouTube stream. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Nelda versus Gooden in this contest. Nelda with the right fist, brought it to ground. Frederica Frewe wanted to jump in, so did Cecilia McIntosh. She's immediately rolled over. Jumping in there, I think might be Whelan. The umpire comes in and says, I'll have another ball up. About 45 metres out from the Weemstown goal attacking towards the airport end or the DJR hill end as they try and squeeze the football out Yugal got it at the back swung around with a dangerous kick but managing to get on the end of it was Emma Mackey. and Mackey now goes quickly Jesse Davis is running through dropped it got back again danced around her opponent kicked up the line looking for Mirai Clifford who's in a bit of a wrestle at the moment throwing up the hands in front is Baxter and the umpire says that's holding the jumper that will be a free kick Ella Baxter with the football defensive side of center looking around for some options, was looking left and right and they decided to go down the line in the end Julian with a punch from behind bit of pushing and shoving going in there, Morecambe got the squeezed out hand pass the kick comes around towards the center wing foot races on, sweeping in to pick it up is Paige Nash Nash kicks around the corner Going in there is Eugle. Lays the tackle. Jesse Davies wants to jump in there. King is fighting hard for Williamstown. And the umpire says, let's call for a ball up. Let's get some thoughts from Sophie Fazilari. I
7: think Jesse Davies is just in everything at the moment. She's doing a really good, good job in getting the ball at the back door and getting the kick down the line, which is what I love to see.
9: The ball goes close to the boundary line here. Williamstown trying to get their hands on it and trying to make something of it. Neither side able to really... Gain any ground here at all. The umpire can see that, so she'll run in here and have a ball up just a few minutes into this second term here with the Bombers leading by 10 points.
7: Corny Eagle just coming off for Snell.
9: So getting the ball there was Williamson. She's been very good throughout the game, but she just runs into a whole lot of traffic and can't move the ball any further at all. And so we'll have another throw in exactly the same position after both teams just stacks on and couldn't get it any further. One interesting thing to note is, in the
10: first two quarters, whoever was kicking down the end closest to our commentary position was the first was the team to initially get it out of the centre. But Williamstown have been able to buck that trend this quarter, and they've been the ones that, have, that were able to get it out of the centre. So we hope, hopefully for them, they'll be able to capitalise on it, but they haven't been able to do it as of yet.
8: Snell with a hurry kick, though. Jesse Davies going in after it couldn't. Make advantage of it. Longer pulled to ground. Got a hand pass away. Ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds. As a bit push and shove goes on. Maybe a little feeling coming into this game. Ten point lead to the Bombers over the Seagulls. Rucks are going to nominate here. Centre wing broadcast side. umpire arches the back, spins the ball back into play. Gooden again versus Nelda. Gooden at the back. Two hands brought it to ground. Chasing after it, there is Morcombe at support. Eagle, draw the player, McIntosh almost got knocked out of her hands by Claire Ryan McIntosh went back, got it again and pass away, found a teammate, got her on the right boot looking for Frederica Fru who wants to try and run into some space, she was originally running from centre half forward, got a try shr- and shrug off Erin Mead, the Williamstown captain, spun around wanted to go to the hot spot, 40 metres out from goal backing back there for the Seagulls taking that is Lisa Lofnane and there's an opportunity here for the Seagulls to clear out a defence.
7: more and Ashley Cooper just did an immense pressure and made the Williamstown player soccer it And I love seeing that when you're breathing down their neck and you're stressing and you've just got to frantically kick it.
9: The Bombers are breathing down their opponent's neck and they're able there to get it across to Stepnell and just go on the rebound there to take off any chance Williamstown had of clearing the ball from defence. Ball doesn't go directly to Stepnell and she lets the umpire know that she thinks she might deserve a little bit of a 50 there, but nope, she'll have to kick it now from 30 metres out, Stepnell. So she's kicked two behinds already today. Hasn't been
8: able to put a major on the board. It was, was uh, Magan, the Irish woman, just exchanging insurance details earlier with uh, Jesse Davies.
9: So Stepnell hasn't kicked a goal this year, but has played every game. Been doing some great work in the ruck today as well and has been in amongst everywhere. Puts it onto the right boot. The kick looks good. Just doesn't make the difference. And Fru's able, she tries to go for the kick, but hits a bit of air and she can't get it out. So all the players will come in here and try and lock it in and lock the ball up about 10 players around the ball and the umpire can see that and so we're gonna have a ball up right in the goal square for the Bombers a great chance there now for them to put on their third goal of the day and gain the biggest lead of today's match so up goes the ball Williamstown trying to get it to their advantage there for Williamstown Tripoli's in amongst it and trying to get it away as is right. The ball's on the outer side of the ground, really close to the boundary line. So the Bombers were are able to just pick it up, getting across to Frew. She puts it on the boot. She sends it, and it hits the left post. Jeez, the umpire did not move at all, the goal umpire, but bangs it onto the left post. So it's the Bombers, 2-6-18, leading Williamstown one one seven. So
8: thoughts on Malise Collette?
9: Uh,
10: very, very unlucky there from Frew, but she's been great the last five minutes, just making sure that uh, Essendon have been able to lock it in their, their 50 and just try and get a goal, but unfortunately she wasn't able to convert that time.
8: Meek goes for a run, kicks towards the halfback flank on the Melrose Drive side of the ground. Dropping it there was Elizabeth McGrath, couldn't hang on to it. Everyone's circling the football. The umpire blows the whistle. In fact, it wasn't McGrath, me was Strafford. And we'll call for a ball up. 11 points the difference, Bombers way. McGrath now coming in to do the ruck work. Picking it off there, drawing the player, Aloise Ashley Cooper. Close towards the boundary line. Interesting kick to try and keep it in play as they were trying to find McDonald close towards the boundary line. And the ball will go over and out. And we'll call for a throw in 45 metres out from goal. We'll get some thoughts also from Sophie Fazaliri. We said. um. Fla- Fazalari. We said <laughs> Fazalari. We yeah. said Williamstown came out with intent in
7: that second term. But I feel Essendon have just gone up another whole gear. Like they are hungry for it and they're buzzing around.
9: So They know the job they've got to do, Essendon. They know the importance of this game and trying to go along. So, Fru just sends the ball in there and it'll bounce off. Beautiful bounce there it gets to Dicker, who does a great job just to tap it over. Really smart thinking there from her. But it's Long, who's able to clean it up for Williamstown. And she kicks the ball long and sends it out and tries to find her teammate. But, geez, the Bombers are everywhere at the moment and they're able to pull it in. McIntosh gets the ball, but she'll be penalised there and it'll be a free going Williamstown's way. So, again, it'll be the Seagulls who are just able to chip it across, centre the ball, Centering ball taken there by the captain, Meade, who she goes for a nice little hand pass. She'll call for the ball again, getting into a little bit of trouble here, Williamstown, but Meade just sends it towards a pack at the top of the 50 for Williamstown. So they look to keep going forward. Coming out the back of that pack there was Casey, who did a great job there to send the ball into 50, but, again, it's just chopped off there by Lennox.
8: Lennox with the football in defence. elects to stay towards that Melrose Drive side of the ground. McGrath brought the football to ground trying to uh, juggle it there for the Bombers originally was Elizabeth Hosking did well to keep it alive and the Bombers still going on the wing position back back dancing around he's Ashley Cooper flying through the air momentarily was McIntosh, Williamstown intercept they send it back up the line towards the half-forward flank 55 meters out from goal it hit the deck watching on here is Snelletsk the umpire has no choice though with half a dozen on the ball to call for a ball up 2-6-18 Essendon one, one 7 Williamstown here on warfradio.com thrown up in the air ball hit the deck trying to jump in there immediately was Ryan the debutante and the umpire says she's immediately wrapped up and will call for yet another ball up and we'll get some thoughts quickly from Elise Collette.
10: One thing I've, I do feel like about Williamstown at the moment is they seem like they're a little bit panicky and a bit trying to rush it. If they slow down composure, take that extra second to find the, co- the correct target, the one in space,
9: they might do better than what they're doing at the moment. So the ball sticks on the outer side of the ground. It'll be a bomber's free kick. Plenty of feeling in this game. Anthony goes down there before taking a kick, and she just stops for the short one. Just a little 15-meter chip. So the ball will not make too much ground, but the Bombers will just try and reset a little bit here. But it's Williamstown all over Williamstown. Probably wasn't the best way to kick there, and it allowed Williamstown just to jump on that one and
8: bring the ball to ground. Picking up on your point, Elise, dare I say, Williamstown are an okay side. There may be just a couple of AFLW players away from challenging for a final spot just to provide that leadership on the field.
10: Yeah, I think you're right. If they if they had the, the AFRW experience, that would be that level head that they need just to go, okay, slow down, relax, and take your time to take
9: that kick. So it's stoppage central here at the hangar at the moment. It's the Bombers, 2-5, two, two, 18 leading Williamstown one one seven. It's Williamstown with the ball in the centre of the ground. The kick just hits the top of the 50, so they'll have a chance. It's just rolling and rolling and plenty of players crowding the ball and trying to get it out. It's the Bombers who make the most of it. Just get a chip kick out there, but running onto it will be Williamstown. The ball will be overrun, though, so it's the Bombers now. They'll take this chance. They haven't got many players forward of the ball, so Clifford's around there, and she'll have to do a lot of work here to catch her Williamstown opponent, which she does. Takes her to the ground. Fantastic tackle from Mia Ray Clifford.
7: Let's what know work about
9: it rate. too. Amira <laughs> A. Clifford will send the ball. She's got a teammate out wide, and she does well just to find her and hit her. And the bombers could go on a bit of a run here. Going onto it and running onto it will be Stepnil. She has a chance, and she can get a touch, but she's under a lot of pressure there from her opponent. Nice little hand pass there from Stepnil. It goes into the hands of Dicker, who just puts it on the boot as she's falling down. And it just swings right there. Great effort from Dicker, but, jeez, she just couldn't get it online as she was pulled to the ground there. That
10: could have been goal of the day if that had gone through because she was she was like halfway to the floor by the time she kicked that and she it almost went through, but it looked like last, it didn't it. It was
7: floating yes. through.
8: As we wait for the ball to be brought it back into play, going for the run here. Amanda Magan goes on the left boot. Awkward kick going towards the uh, 50-meter arc. Everyone's gonna jump on the football. We're gonna call for a ball up. I'll throw to... Names out there, AFLW delisted players that have been named publicly and I reckon would fit well at Weanstown. Katie Loins, yep. Maddie Boyd.
9: Good bit of experience. Mm.
10: I, I think they'd be brilliant, both of them.
8: Maddie Boyd is the swing woman, can play half back or half forward. Loinsy in the engine room. As the umpire blows the whistle and says it's a free kick for holding going the way off the Bombers. And kicking up the football there. Is that Snell? Indeed it is. We're in the 42. Goes towards the top of the square. Four on none. What happened to the Bombers forward line? None of them in the goal square. And the Seagulls, are going to clear out of defence. Oh, McIntosh went flying through the air to try and steal it from Stratford. McIntosh went to ground, got scragged, and the umpire says he also got one in the back and deserves a free kick for that effort. And McIntosh says, I'm going to play on quickly. Finds four Bombers players all by themselves at the hotspot 40 metres out from goal. This time taking him up. Guess who for a second shot at goal? Elizabeth Snell. There, there's that Bombers forward line you were looking for before. They decided to move real estate 40 metres up the ground.
7: It's funny, though, because there is no one behind the centre circle, so they're all just sitting within that 40-metre <laughs> wavelength.
8: So Snell will be kicking from directly in front. When she puts boot to ball, will probably be about 42 and a half metres out. Comes in, winds up on the left, going to fall short. Came off hands of Barber. And they're going to clear it, the Seagulls. As I say that, the kick wasn't all that flash. And Mia Rae Clifford picked up, spun around. Vouchy had heaps of space, and her kick is short again. Ooh, dearing me. And the Seagulls again will get out of defence, looking for Gooden. Finds Gooden, half-back flank, broadcast position. So Gooden will
9: just send it out to the broadcast side of the ground, jumping up there will be the Bombers. Really strong mark there, taken by Gardner. So she'll just go into dangerous position there to her teammate who's taken to the ground. Looks to be Snell. Snell. So Snell just got a little bit of a late hit there in the marking contest, so everything fair, but she was just taken to ground. But Snell looks for you, but can't quite hit her. And instead running in there is Mead, who's able to clean up the ball like she's been doing all day today. Again, Meade was calling for the one-two, but opted against. So Williamstown will go towards there, attacking 50 there. A nice little uh, passage of play here to Gets the ball to Georges. So, Georgia's got a few options in there in their 50. One of them is Bidenweg Webster. Can't quite find either of them. Instead, it'll fall into the hands of the Bombers. But they'll be absolutely ripped to the ground and we'll have a throw-up just on the 50 line for Williamstown.
8: I want to see if Georgia can spark something because she was pretty good in her debut game against the Western Bulldogs at uh, Witten Oval. Coming through there is Gooden. Gooden got brought to ground on the right and almost dribbled it through, playing the goalkeeper role with Cecilia McIntosh and made sure it was shepherded through for just the minor score. 1-2-8, Williamstown 2-7-19. The Bombers, let's get some thoughts from Sophie Fasilari.
7: It's just disappointing to see that Williams had about three loose women in Essendon's forward square in their pocket. So I think Essendon really need to try to not get sucked in to the contest.
8: Bidenweg-Webster intercepts the kick back into play. 50 metres out from goal, the kick was a bit of a dribbler to a teammate. Hand pass over the top toe, then to a Malnickis. Malnickis goes towards the goal square. It's going to come off hands. Coming through there is Kendra Hall fired at the hand pass. In fact, it wasn't high. it was Ashley Cooper, pardon me. Got it going quickly. Bombers now trying to get out of their own back 50. Coming in to take the mark is McDonald. McDonald with the football decides to calm things down on the half-back flank Melrose drive side of the ground goes with a little chip kick up the line worked out okay managed to find Emma Mackey. Mackey with the football just chip chipping around at the moment the Bombers just trying to control things they're only lead by 11 points as the kick in board Whelan was there to try and harass Stepnell backwards to Eugle Eugle takes the mark but Alex to play on wants to go for the switch kicks it got the player on here chicken hit in Eloise Gardner and live's a garden dig it kicks it towards the center wing position mark taken by Dick decides to take on the player in Denel got around her put it on the right boot kicks it towards centre half forward. Good mark. Getting on the end of it is Hosking. Hosking got going quickly on the left boot. Frederica Fru could get out the back or Hosking's ball could bounce all the way through. Doesn't matter. Heal away. Frederica Fru says I'll pick it up with a metre to go and I'll take the credit. Goal for the Bombers. They move to 3-7-25. Weemstown 1-2-8 here at the hangar in Tullamarine. Let's get some thoughts from Sophie Basilari. How good was that play? Kicked
7: into the corridor and marked by Hosking and straight to to free. And I just want to touch note on just these younger players coming in, in Snell and Lennox. Like, they are fitting in absolutely seamlessly and they're actually impacting the game. Like, they're actually playing to their role. They're not just filling the gaps, which I'm loving to see. So
9: the Bombers, could this be the start of their run? They're 17 points up and actually starting to make a little bit of a move here. Plenty of shots on goal, the Bombers, but haven't been able to make the most of it. So is this the time when they're going to start to run away? or can Williamstown get the quick response and just keep themselves within a little bit of touch as we near the three-quarter time break here at the hangar. Goes in, just streaming out of the ruck there, was good, and she takes it upon herself to do the tap out and get the kick. Sends it into the 50. It's a nice 50 entry, but it'll be the Bombers. We're just able to clean it up here, send it long, get it out to the outer side of the ground and get it a fair distance away from a dangerous zone, their defensive zone. Again, it'll be locked up, it looks like. And we'll have another ball up just on the outer side of the ground, centre of the ground in this third term. A couple of minutes left in the game.
8: As we wait for the ball up to happen on the Melrose Drive side of the ground, Gooden versus Stepnall. Stepnall won it. And I think it was Hoskin got immediately wrapped up. And the umpire says there is no prior opportunity to call for a ball up. Tackle laid on by Megan Williamson. We'll reset play one more time. Stepnall lost control of it, no incorrect disposal, play on, Whelan, hand pass out, getting on the end of it, Danal has got to run away from the player and Eugle ran her full measure from 45 metres out, kicks towards the top of the goal square, Mariana Anthony from behind spoils and knocks the ball away from Tripodi and the ball goes dribbling over the boundary line and out of bounds, some thoughts from at least Collette.
10: Uh, Williams Town have been looking good heading into their 50, but just like 10, 10 metres or so out from the, from the actual goals, they're just Falling apart, the Essendon defenders are holding up very well so far.
8: Ball is thrown back into play. Gooden, Stepnell, Stepnell at the front, brought the ball to ground, got it back again, caught by Whelan. Ball, they cry the Wimstown crowd. Umpire says, play it on. Goes out towards the half-forward flank now for Williamstown because it's taken by and spinning around with it was uh, Meade. He gave the hand pass off. They find themselves in all kinds of traffic. Slammed into the ground. Elizabeth Hosking says, uh, guess what? I want the football back. And it does go away to Stepnell. And Stepnell gets the hurried little kick towards the half-back flank still for the Bombers. There's more moving sideways than forwards to finally get in that clearing kick as Marianne Anthony goes up the line. There is Friswell waiting for it to pop out. It does, but in the favour of King of Williamstown. Now Friswell, she was circling like a shark in the water. She sensed blood. She knew at some stage she was going to get a victim. She found one, put her into the turf, and the umpire says, I'll ask for the ball back. Pete, I don't know if
7: Brendan Major is listening to Wharf Radio, but I said at the start of the quarter that Eston weren't tackling with intent, but oh my goodness, they are letting Williamstown know about it and they're sticking them into the ground, which I love to see the passion really come out.
8: If I was you, send him an invoice as a consulting fee. Has <laughs> 3725 Essendon, lead one, 2 128 at three-quarter time. Wimstown just feeling a little worse for wear. And the funny thing is, Elise, you were saying about oh, you know, the forward line and, and, and they've, they've got to find a target, they've got to settle down. We we're mentioning earlier uh, when we said about AFLW delisted players and some uh, experience. I just keep looking, going, hmm. A Matty Boyd from who's been delisted from Geelong would be great at centre half forward as just that focal point to to, to kind of um, straighten them up. And of course, as we said, loin someone you know experienced on the ball to help when they move the ball around up and down the ground. Geez, those two players. If if Penny can pick up the phone, if they could get them in, it's it's just two players that can one calm them down and the other straighten them up.
10: Yeah, absolutely. And with with Williamstown falling apart, ten minutes out. From goal, I think a lot of it is to do with positioning because there was one particular case, one of their last uh, last kicks into fifty, where the where the Williamstown forward was just behind the the Essendon defender, so the defender was able to punch it out, and it ultimately went out of bounds. But they've just got to work on that positioning, and yeah, just having a look at the scoreboard, Essendon three seven. If they'd managed to kick a couple more. A little, that little bit straighter, we'd be talking about a very different game, I think.
8: Well, let me ask you, you the question, and I'll, I'll throw it to Sophie first. If the score was flipped the other way around, if they're a bit more accurate, let's say it was seven three to one two, would you be satisfied with Essendon's performance?
7: No, not not really. I think they, I think with the departure of um, Georgia Nance Nance Corn out, they are doing a really good job in bringing it. But I just think. You can't just let one player make that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we know we saw Alana Barber did a really good job last week in stepping up to the plate. But you need to bring that intensity every single week, no matter who you're putting on the track. And so yeah, I would not be happy. I want to be satisfied. Like they're doing a good job, but yeah, I would not be satisfied, that's for sure.
10: Yeah. We were talking earlier about Essendon needing to needing to put someone like a Williamstown to the sword to prove that they're there they're that top two side that they're trying to be but they haven't they haven't really done it not just because they can't kick straight but yeah um, I don't I don't I don't know if anyone else feels this way but it doesn't quite feel like the scoreboard represents the game it feels a lot closer than the scoreboard this
7: ground's a very big ground too. And you can actually yeah. get lost when it gets into those pockets, which I think as a spectator, we forget. And you, you actually really can't hear anything out there. Mm. It's especially on this ground. But um, I've got a question. So. Port Melbourne and Williamstown are really good standalone clubs usually, but now with Port Melbourne affiliated with Richmond, and they've done well to get big names in the past such as Moana Hope um, down there. So they can get their names, but I wonder if it's because they don't have that, the next step, and there's AFL, whereas in Essendon, they don't have it yet, but people know, hey, there is a future here.
8: They're well, the, you to tear them away from going to Williamstown? You've got to look at Williamstown's first year, though. They had Duffin, they had Garner, yeah. uh, one or two other big names as well, but, uh, Bruton, that um, ended up going to North Melbourne, but they kind of used Williamstown, as I call, like... um like, like, Yeah, as mm-hmm. a go-between. Like, the same thing with uh, King and Bernardi, when they ended up at Richmond originally, when Richmond first entered the BFLW, kind of a, we know we're moving on, like, in the case of Duffin, Bruton and all that, we know we're moving on from our current AFLW club, but we haven't officially announced we're at our new club, which in that case is North Melbourne, so we're kind of going to Weemstown to park ourselves there at a neutral until we until ah. we go. Same with Lily Mithen, who ended up at Darabin for a year because she mm-hmm. couldn't travel all the way out to Casey Fields and didn't want to go to Geelong even though she was kind of from the area and she knocked back going to Geelong in the end when they wanted to poach her from Melbourne, so she okay. kind of found that, uh, I'm not going to say halfway house, that's not the right term, but the, <laughs> the, but the neutral halfway point of Darabin
10: yeah, speaking of the Ds, it sounds like uh, Melbourne are putting their foot down and making their AFLW girls play at Casey, so that'll be interesting uh, Interesting to see. I believe we've got Casey's game next week. Um, yeah, I don't know how many of the, the Melbourne girls will end up playing for Casey next week, but, um, yeah, interesting to see if the other Victorian AFLW clubs are also putting their foot down and making, them, making their players play for their their VFLW um, site as opposed to someone like a Williamstown or a Darabin. I
7: was going to say, imagine like Benici, Malloy and all that just jumping into the Collingwood VFL in a few weeks. It'll just be a different whole league entirely. And you got okay. still Prisparkis and Vessio for Carlton. So I just think it's exciting for spectators that you get sort of two AFL seasons, but it's really sad for these other standalone clubs who get... Yeah.
8: But for Essendon... They've still got to come the better press barkers. Yeah, Georgie, Georgie. Georgie.
7: She just came off a really good stint with Vic Metro this week, actually. And I also think it's good to know Elizabeth Snell has come from a five-day turnaround with Vic Country. So these girls, they're pumping the games and the physicality now. So they're just ready to sh- go out.
8: We should mention around the ground scores, Collingwood did defeat the Southern Saints, 6-5, 41 to 4 twenty-six, 26. And the other game at the moment, the later game, Casey Demons 6-4, 40, lead Hawthorne, 4 twenty-seven. 27.
10: Mm, Interesting. You'd you'd expect Casey to beat Hawthorne, but yeah, interesting.
8: And before we start this uh, final term, yes, we're going ad-free. Just a quick mention that next week we will be here on a Sunday, Anzac Day morning, we will be bringing you Essendon and Collingwood. Big game here. Ad-free, how
7: lucky are these viewers? Or listeners, should I say? (laughs)
9: So the air horn goes, and we're all set to start the fourth term here at the hangar. Nelda gets a tap out, and the ball falls to ground, but it's Williamstown able to just pick it up and steady a little bit through the arms of Williamson. She can only steady it so far as McIntosh, is able to grab it for the Bombers, and she'll send it long, and it'll actually fall into the arms of her teammate who's able to just pick it up. Nice little steady kick there into the forward line. Just a short chip, though, and it's cut off, and so not much ground there. Game for the Bombers, though. But they'll have another opportunity here to go forward. Again, characteristic of this whole game has been a lot of stoppages, a lot of contests with plenty of players around the ball and a lot of traffic. So the umpire will come in and just throw it up on the half-forward line for the Bombers. two two rucks will go up and getting the tap out there was McGrath who's able to just bring the ball to ground but it's just wrapped up straight after that throw in, throw up and we'll have another throw up
8: umpire agrees and says okay let's uh, get this party started and throws the ball up in the air. McGrath misses out on it. Aloise Ashley Cooper and pass off. There was Morecambe who pumped it long inside 50. Awkward bouncing ball. Frederica through. It bounced beautifully for her, but the kick was away to the right. 3-8, 26, the Bombers. The De- Seagulls, 1-2-8. Dare I say for Essendon have
7: another repeat of last week with the last quarter surge. It looks like we might be seeing another one here today.
9: So it'll be the captain, Mead who brings it in. And she'll just bring it in with a short little kick there, but went for a run. So she gains a little bit of ground for her side. And it looks like Williamstown here are just trying to slow the ball down a little bit and give their side time to get it onto the outer side of the ground on this huge ground, like we mentioned, during three-quarter time. It's a lot of ground to cover. And they'll go long here and try and get it up there. McIntosh at the back there for the Bombers just hits it down to the ground as the Bombers look to keep it in their forward half here, which they're doing well at the moment. They're 17 points up and looking to add on to that margin. At the bottom there taken high and pushed in the back there. Is that for through? The, for the Bombers, it looks like it'll be through. It is through. So she'll put on the right boot. Beautiful kick into the. Fi- Friswell, into the, Friswell snaps it. It'll be picked up there by Friswell who's just able to snap it at the end of there. Through. Sent a beautiful kick there into the goal square. Friswell just sitting there at the bottom there was able to put it on the boot and just send it through a couple of metres out.
7: Her second goal for the day, too. I think she got one last week. So she's come in and has said, I'm not leaving.
10: (laughs) Yeah, which is what you want. You want players to come in and prove that you, you picking them was a good decision.
7: I think that Cannon side are sitting fifth, too. So she could be playing down with her TAC team and actually being a finals contender. But she's loving her time here at the hangar, which is awesome to see.
8: And who wouldn't want to wear red and black, just quietly? <laughs> Says the Bomber, bomber supporter. Uh, absolutely. Umpire blows the whistle. And, oh, five, six, 5 rule violation. Now, is that a warning or the penalty? Let's find out. It might be just the warning. Essendon not getting their numbers back in time because they are doing an interchange. So it will be a ball up. It is. Is it a warning? Yeah, it's a yeah. warning, not okay. a penalty as yet. So, Nelda brought it to ground, got a whole shot from Magrara afterwards, Tripodi tried to fire out a little hand pass, coming in to later tackle, Dicker, and the umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up, we've got Darabin and the Western Bulldogs tomorrow from 11am here on warfradio.com, and Eagles circling nearby, laying the tackle there, getting a pat on the back is Simone Nalda. We'll call for another ball up. Three games next week, Friday night football. We'll have the Western Bulldogs Southern Saints, Port Melbourne and Casey on the Saturday. As we said, Anzac Day football, the Bombers and the Magpies here at the hangar. Be here early for that one. Going in there is McIntosh. Fires out the hand pass to Dicker. Umpire spotted from a distance off the ball, spotted a free kick and said it should go the way of Cecilia McIntosh. And she'll receive it on almost on the wing on the Melrose drive side, in line with the centre.
9: So she'll take it here, McIntosh, usually a good disposer of the ball, and she just sends it and she finds her teammate who just hangs onto it there and sends off a nice little hand pass there. It was a nice hand pass from Friswell as the Bombers attack and attack and attack, and they'll attack and get the Major on the board. So another six points going the way of the Bombers. They're looking to stamp their foot down right now. Was that Friswell again?
7: With the hand pass. that yeah. la- it's a last quarter surge. They are- yeah yeah, final Nostrad- term specialists, aren't they? Norths over here. Just yeah, we've been talking all day about
10: Essen needing to put their foot down and and put someone like Williamstown away, and they're finally doing it.
8: Mind you, also Williamstown have had poor final quarters uh, that resulted in losses, of course, to North Melbourne and the Southern Saints over the previous two rounds, so there's your combination.
7: Sort of like two different teams from the first half to second half, isn't
8: it? Yeah. Mm. As the ball is thrown up in the air, tap down now going in there is Barber umpire circling and they blow the whistle. And it's the one thing that we kind of said last week when we are were calling, uh, watching the Collingwood game um, you, that you see sides clamp down, try to hit their targets move the ball slowly in the first half and when the game starts to get later and later it seems to open up and become more free out. Not just fatigue, but the both coaches electing to roll the dice and take their respective their gambles. Yeah. yeah. Where, of course, you know, you'll see a looser defence in Williamstown because now it's attack. You've got to get back into the game. So that opens up opportunities for Essendon. As you see right here with his big tackle. Great rundown tackle. And the umpire says in the back. In the back. Free okay. kick going the way of the Seagulls saying, uh, not nah, dumped. And uh, that you can't do. So... Free kick going the way of the Seagulls. And they'll go with a chip gets- kick inside 50. Just floating over the head there of Georges. Waiting out the back there was the Nicole Julian. Gave the hand pass off. Getting the hurry kick is Lennox. Going to be intercepted. Mark being taken there. Lisa Loftane. Loftane with the football. Gets on the right boot, shank kick, heading in the direction of Will and got away from her. Lasso rule. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes and it will be a free kick going the way of the Bombers and uh, getting it is Laurie Stepnell.
9: So Stepnell just goes there, collects her own ball on the boundary line. I think it's in front of the Williamstown supporters. They weren't going out of their way to get it back to Stepnell. Sends a nice big kick there across to pack. Three Williamstown players in and amongst it there and getting on the end of it was long. So Long, though, opts to go for a short kick, just 15, I think, that one, and it'll be Lofnane again. So she'll have the ball and she'll have a chance to go forward. She, again, just goes with that short little kick, goes over the top of Ryan, though, who can't hang on to it. So the Bombers get a chance just to get a little hand pass away, and that comes from Anthony, who gets it across to Julian. Under a lot of pressure here, the Bombers, and that's why it'll cause a turnover. And, in the, and it'll be Long again, who's just able to stand in that middle. She finds her teammate, but her teammate can't mark. It just goes through the hands of Danal, who can't hold onto it. She's doing her best to get it back here. She's trying to out and outwork her Bombers opponent. and She does. She gets the ball back, but she's absolutely wrapped up. The ball's brought to ground, but it stays in the arms of the Seagulls. The seagulls have got it again. And they've got a chance just to steady with McGrath taking it in the centre of the ground, so they can just slow it down here. McGrath sends it. She's looking for Loftname, but it's just intercepted beautifully by the Bombers here, who, well, again, they'll send it back the other way, and they'll send it straight into the hands of the Seagulls. who we'll now push forward through the center of the ground, and a nice strong mark taken there that, again, will give the Seagulls a chance just to go forward, but instead they'll go wide, and it doesn't quite pay off for them. We'll and not able to make the most of that one. Pedaling it along there was Ryan. A few seagulls in amongst the balls, tackled down to the bottom there, just pulling it out of the pack there was Anthony. She can only make it about a one-metre gain there for the Bombers before she's absolutely brought down in the tackle, and the umpire will come in there and she'll throw it up.
7: Some thoughts from Sophie Fasilari. I'm not really sure if Nicole Julian thinks she's on duty with Vic Pole, but she's running down her opponents like they're shoplifter in Brody at the moment, and it's really good to see. <laughs> and
8: that's a lot of them. Is I know, that from you, ex- Pete? <laughs> I know from experience as going in there is Morecambe trying to get a hurry kick away. Hurry, little hand pass out there. Stratford now the inside 4.50 for Williamstown. Here's an opportunity. Bidenweg webster elects to pull the keys instead of going for goal. A little one over the top. Williamson goes in. Bang puts it through for Williamstown. Maybe, maybe a sign of life for them.
10: It's good positioning there from Williamstown because for most of this quarter so far, a lot of their kicks have just gone that little bit too long and gone over the, the head of their target and gone uh, to the Essendon defender. So... So to finally get that chain of kicks and, and
8: result in a goal was good work from Williamstown. 5-8-38 to 2-2-14. So it is, uh, at the moment, 24 points the difference. It will be a huge task for Williamstown to do it. So to say, Sophie, they need a quick one out of this to be any chance of starting a spark.
7: Absolutely, and Biden, when Webster pulled the pin there, it was just a really selfish, selfless act from her. She could have easy snapped at, so it's really good to see that play, and they're buying into the collective, which is good to see.
9: So the sun's back shining here at the hangar, four goals in the margin, and Williams sound have got ten minutes to make up this margin here if they want to gain the four points today. It's the Bombers that pull it out from the centre bounce, but they can't do anything with it. So it'll go back into the hands of the Seagulls, who, geez, they're trying to make the most of all the play that they've had in these last few minutes. Plenty of intensity. They've been bringing to the contest, and just another example of that will mean we'll have another throw up right in the centre of the ground. So the ball's moved quite slowly today, plenty of stoppages, but it suited Williamstown. It looks as they've tried their hardest to attack the first three quarters and. The Bombers have just been able to make a little run recently and put their foot down in this last quarter. So Williamstown again will go, and they'll go with Ryan, who's making her debut. The Irish woman gets it across to her teammate in Tripodi, who sends it out wide. She's got a teammate running onto it. He might be able to make the most of it. She'll be met there, though, by Julian. So the kick will take one bounce before it gets to Snellers, who again handballs it back out. And they'll find their teammate in Williamson. So the goal kicker will be there, and she'll have an opportunity here. She's about 45 metres out from goal. She's eagerly got some eyes from the hill looking out from her. About 50, 100 people out there sitting on the hill watching her as she opts to just take the short kick and she's looking for her teammate in good and good and can't hold on to it. So it just hits the ground. So they'll have to do it the hard way here. They get it into the square. But it'll be the safe arms of Gardner there who's just able to take it right in that square and she'll take her time here. She'll slow it down and she'll look for a safe option as she goes for a little bit of a run, sends the ball up high. She's got teammates in and amongst it. There are about four Essendon players to one Williamstown player and it's the Seagulls who win out and a great mark there from Topodi who's able to just get it and... She sends it over the top of Georges, so it'll be cleaned up by the Bombers here. But no, Georges works really hard to get the ball there. She gets it across to Malnachis, who can't quite do too much with it. So instead, it'll be McIntosh for the Bombers, who can clean it up, and she'll send it out, and she'll send it out wide to Dicker, and the ball will just roll outside in front of the hill, and we'll have another throw in with a few minutes left in this final term.
7: We're halfway into th- this final term, so the next five minutes is so crucial. And I think the next goal scorer will be the winner of this game. Mm. I'm calling
8: it early. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't like is you've got a tall target and good, and, and both times they do dinking kicks into the forward line. Yep. Instead, you got the tall, put it on her head, and get a small working at her feet. Exactly. Footy basics, one oh one. Here's the kick now, going inside 50. Near the outstretched arms, and the umpire says holding. And that's a free kick going away of Sophie Georges. Georges, got to get going quickly because she can't make the distance from there. Again, you've got Gooden lurking around. Tripodi needs to work at her feet, not lead. And going in the direction of Tripodi, hey. who made a fool of me. <laughs> and <took a> <laughs> Thank you very much, in front of Lennox. She probably look at the commentary box and says, Peter, what the hell do you know? And she'll go back and have a shot. She did the old zigzag, and it worked out with a fingertip mark. She's presenting really well today, Tripodi. Chapodi mm. will be lining up a goal from 35 meters out, and it is away to the left. And Richards is to score. See, maybe I was right. And it moves it to two three fifteen to five eight thirty eight. And I don't want to be getting things wrong because that's BT's job.
9: 23 (laughs) points and margin, McIntosh. They just struggled to get it out there. The Bombers, Julian couldn't hold on to the mark, but they've done really well to recover here. And looking to take the ball over the line was Barber. And doing that job for her will be Emily Casey from Williamstown. So we'll have a throw in just in front of the Essendon bench. So the Dons leading by 23 points and we've got six minutes left in this term. So plenty of time for Williamstown just to snag a couple and maybe bring this margin down a little bit as the umpire throws the ball in and left on her lonesome there for the Bombers. was who just picks it up and grabs it and sends it out wide and tells Lennox, just run onto it, would you? Who does? She does run onto it, but she's beaten to the ball there by Snellix, who's able just to do a little bit and do enough with it to draw plenty of plays there, plenty of plays for the ball and another throw up in the centre square.
7: I think Nalda shocked herself then. She wasn't expecting <laughs> she just to land it in her hands, was she?
9: Because <laughs> it's not often
10: that you don't have an opponent in a rug contest.
9: <laughs> she just took it and kicked it and made everyone else do the rest of the work. So it'll be Williams down here, get it out of this little pack. A few players running onto it in the arms of the Bombers who handball goes across. They'll go back a little bit here. They go forward. It goes into the arms of Gardner who's been good defensively all day. And she looks. She's got two teammates there and neither can grab it. Running onto it there was Hosking for the Bombers. Into another pack there just along that half-forward line for the Bombers. Beautiful tackle there being laid by Mead. And there's about three or four players all stacks on. And the umpire will come in there for another ball up.
8: 38 plays, 15. Bombers lead the Seagulls here at the hangar. As it's going, the Bombers are going to claim the four premiership points and will at least still hold on to third position on the VFLW ladder behind Collingwood. And possibly Port Melbourne, depending on the results tomorrow from Port Melbourne and Carlton. As the umpire asks for the football back for another ball up. Nearing the half-forward flank for the Bombers. Ashley Cooper, not to the ground. And pass out. And it momentarily was Mackie, and the umpire says, holding the football. That's the second time that has happened this quarter. Essendon aren't giving each
7: other options on their left-hand side. Their players are trying to get it out, so they've really got to try and play a few shepherds or even just speak to each other
8: williamson gets brought to ground on that occasion by lennox and will call for another ball up Stepnell back on the ground for the bombers and coming back on the ground bottom with webster and ryan for williamstown and Mariana anthony also running back on the ground for the bombers McGrath punched it forward Wanting Gooden to try and run onto it. Ran into all kinds of a mess and taken away by the opposing 34 in Lennox who pumped it long and high. And Sasha Long just took an easy one and gave off the hand pass and Williamstown will work it out towards the Melrose drive side of the ground. Taking the mark there is the 18 in Stratford. Strafford gets going quickly up the screen with kick it long was hitting in the direction of Emily Casey now a go here for the Seagulls oh great spoil from out of nowhere Cecilia McIntosh cleans it up and gets on the left boot awkward kick sits out okay for Mariana Anthony kicks in towards the middle of the ground and Dicker ran into a wall bounced off of it and says I'm fine and gets on the right boot and then kicks it out towards the wing position Melrose drive side of the ground dancing around here, Frederica Fru. Her attempt to go inside 50 was picked off and a Seagulls mark taken in the end by Megan Williamson.
9: So William Sandel, Williamson for William Down will take it here along the half back line for the Seagulls and she'll just send a little bit of a chip kick just to go further out wide. Looks like they're opting to go a little bit further in, just gain a few metres here inboard and try and go through the corridor. That's what they'll try and do, but it's not quite what they'll achieve because the Bombers will just pick it up and pick it off a little bit here and they'll send it deep into their forward 50. A few players running onto it. One of them is Hosking. She's got a chance here. She'll put it on her right boot, but it'll just sway very far right. Came off the side of the boot, so it'll just be a behind here from the Bombers. 5-9-39. They're leading Williamstown 2-3-15.
8: Here are on WARFradio.com. Let's get some thoughts on Elise Collette.
10: Yeah, don't have much to add, unfortunately, but that, that last kick, it did look like she was pushed off at late, so that probably uh, played a part as well.
8: Don't have much to add. Sounds like some of the seven commentators. As the ball is now at the half-back flank for Williamstown, half-forward flank for the Bombers. Nicole Julian tried to get a kick away. It was smothered. Julian will go back in for a second effort play. Got bowled over behind play. As Stepnell looks to the umpire appealing. And the umpire says it will be your free kick, Stepnell. She has it from about 50 metres out from goal. Kicking towards the sunny end of the ground.
7: Can you see any little crummers at the bottom of their feet as you want to see, Peter?
8: Let me just have a look here as I look forward. Not really. (laughs) It's all just flooded numbers back here for Williamstown. Frederica Frew kicks it towards the side. And seeing it over and over the boundary line and out of bounds, Emily Casey. But to be fair, on the Bombers' side of things, they're the ones in the lead at the moment, whereas Wimstown are the ones that need to take the gamble. Going down the corridor, Essendon can afford to if the ball goes over the boundary line because there's no time on to say, huh, kill the clock.
9: So the Bombers, they're leading by four goals here and they're looking down the barrel of another four points, just a couple of minutes left in this fourth term. Can they oh. get another goal? Yes, they yes, can. They can. So they're now leading by five goals, as easy as you like there.
7: Through that, kick that. So through. Really good hand pass from Alana Barber, and she just snapped that off her right foot.
9: So it's through with her second goal for today, her eighth for the season, and gee, she's been important, hasn't she, Ali, today? Yeah, absolutely. She's def- definitely be, um, one of their best. She's just be-
10: created good positioning and created plenty of opportunities for, for the Bombers all day
8: kicked the goal last week to this week, been averaging one goal per game maybe one of those players a sneaky chance maybe fifth sixth round draft pick in the aflw draft it'd be you'd be very very smart to get it because she's just she's just
7: absolutely brilliant i think you hit the nail on the head when you said positioning she's done that exceptionally well today mm. and especially women's footy it's really easy it sucked into the contest but she's done an amazing job in not
8: as the ball's up in the middle of the ground Gooden and tapped down to the advantage Williamson kicked it inside 50. Bouncing ball was originally overran there by McIntosh. biden webster involved. The umpire says it's a free kick going the way of the Seagulls. They'll have the kick and they'll work it towards the McGrath position. McGrath got it back after dropping it. A kick. well fingertip, a mark for the Bombers. And it doesn't matter as the siren sounds, it ends in the hand of Courtney Eugle. And Essendon take out the victory today, 6 45 to 2-3, 15. It is a 30-point victory for the Bombers here at the hangar. They take home the premiership points. They pulled away from Williamstown in the end. One of those victories where you go, "Yep, ticked a few boxes, but there's still more work to be done."
10: Yep, and we've we've been talking all afternoon about Ethan needing to put their foot down and just put Williamstown to the sword, and I wouldn't say that they really did that today. Scoreboard says, "Yeah." It was, yeah, scoreboard so says they, extend, win, but they
8: extended the margin, but it wasn't like two or three goals in a row, bang, bang, bang.
10: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If I was Penny and the coaching staff down at Williamstown, I wouldn't be
7: too disappointed yeah. with
10: that because there were moments there today that they, they, they exploited looked really their good. weaknesses, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And they were looking really good. They just yeah, fell apart about 10 metres
9: out from goal and just weren't able to convert. I think they might have had, Williamstown might have had the message just to bring the ball to ground and not let Essendon have that easy ball movement that they have had in some of those other games. So that's exactly what they did and they did it well. So in one sense, you're probably looking at the Seagulls here and maybe giving them a tick more than you're giving the Bombers a tick today.
8: Well, let's have a look at the Bombers and we'll get all your thoughts on the better players today. We start obviously with the goal kickers, Federica Frew with two goals, Sally Friswell with two goals, singles to Barber and Clifford. Who are the players you thought actually got on top today for the Bombers that were responsible for the victory?
7: I think um, Jessie Davies got on top really early. She was all around the contest. She was shepherding and she was getting the handball out. She went a bit more, more quiet in that second half, but I do think she was one who impacted it early on.
8: I think Simone Nelder as well set the tone in the ruck, first hands on the football controlling the ruck contest through the day.
10: Yeah, and that, that particular ruck contest just on this wing here late, late in that quarter where, um, where she had no opponent kind of like, kind of summed it up, uh, summed up her whole day really. She was just, yeah, able to get that first touch more than her Williamstown
7: counterparts and just yeah, give, give her teammates that first opportunity. I think what I would like to see in future is you see, I'm um, McIntosh today. She was just demanding the footy in that first yes. quarter, wanting to get that fast break. So if they can get a small forward and on to work with her pace, yeah, they, they can create a really crafty small forward.
10: Yeah, because she, she's well known for that. Her runs off half back, and yeah, if they're able to make make better use, of, use of, SB, of that, yeah, they uh, yeah, like, they can just take that next step up.
8: One thing we haven't talked about, as much as we've been, you know, semi criticism of Essendon not running away, is that teams aren't racking up big scores against them. And it's actually probably the Essendon defence more than anything that's actually winning them the games.
9: I thought Gardner was very strong there in defence. She was always uh, that cleaning up mark at the back there, and I think she held strong for them. Probably the same way uh, Long did for Williamstown. It was Gardner there for the Bombers. It was always ready there just to clean up and be that uh, kind of a steady presence and a strong mark in the back line.
7: Same as Stepnell and Lennox. Lennox actually took a few intercept marks. And as an 18-year-old taking intercept marks, Mm. that is amazing. She had a sensational game, Lennox. I thought she showed a lot of strong signs. So much poise, didn't she? Mm. And, um... And I think it's really hard um, to have that aerial, aerial stability. Like, you can just get knocked off the footy so easily. And for her to already have that, like, the future is looking bright for her. And I honestly think she could be one to watch for the AFLW draft.
8: It seems to be a case of the defence seems set for Essendon. The midfield, they'll get Scorn back. And as we've been talking about, they will get Georgie Prasparkas on the to case. Yeah. So that will set the midfield alight. And you look at the forward line, you go... They've got the right pieces, it's just where did the pieces go? So,
7: mm, and I think that's going to be their biggest trouble navigating yeah. <laughs> to the finals. But I just want to touch on, you were saying earlier that Essendon, they retain their players and they're really good at that. Like, no yeah. one's departing. So I wonder if, you know, they just love the club and kudos to them for building that environment. But are they hanging on for that AFLW call because they know there's a possibility or they just love the Brie and Essendon
8: are. I'm biased being in Essendon Sports, the greatest club on the planet, so why would you want to leave? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
7: What I was going to say was, particularly
10: in the next couple of weeks, one good thing that Essendon will have is stability in the side. They won't have to worry about half a dozen AFLW players coming back and the uh, the AFLW part of the club wanting them to be prioritised and them to get the game time. Um, Whereas the Bombers... Yeah, they're an AFL club, but they're not AFLW yet, so
8: yeah. they want to have that problem. Yeah, yeah. dare I say, I was speaking to um, I was speaking to an interstate coach uh, about you know which club she would recommend sending her players down to. they coming down to Victoria, and she said, "Well, if you're not going to an AFLW aligned club, she said, I'd send them to Essendon because she, she goes with respect to Darabin and even to Williamstown, look at their facilities, and then go look at Essendon's facilities. It yeah. goes, if you're going to play for free anyway, or, pay for, or play for next to nothing, where would you rather train in?
10: Mm, then so, to, c- get, to get
8: yourself ready for AFLW and get peak physical performance out of it, yeah. look at the hangar here.
10: Because you, you take something yeah. like this and then compare it to a Bill Laurie Oval for Darabin, which is just... As yeah. local ground as you can get. They're, they won't have the, d-
8: d- the d- metres d- and metres worth of gym equipment. D- Darabin is more just trying to pitch to the world that it's us against them type yeah. of thing. If you're an up against them type of player, come play yes. us. Yeah. Where <laughs> Essendon is kind of like, if you want professionalism, come here.
7: A potential stream they have coming through is actually Coburg. I think they're playing in... Mm. Are they playing the Essendon district or the... They're
8: A playing, strangely enough, East. in the South East Women's yeah. Football League. Yeah. So
7: I was speaking to their coach, um, Leo Kavanagh, and he was saying they're actually using the facilities here so it will be really interesting to see the different streams they're getting yes they're not getting the aflw but they're getting the colder cannons and they're getting the stream from coburg so it's going to be really and they're using all their gym they're really generous with all their facilities so they'll be really interesting come next year and even at the end of this season
8: I'm interested to hear that Coburg are using these facilities because Coburg, Coburg City Oval being redeveloped. At, at one stage, Coburg, the new Craggyburn ground was built at Highgate Reserve. Yeah. That was meant to be a part-time home for Coburg. And that was going years back when they were aligned with Richmond. Then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened there, but, yeah, Coburg and Craggyburn no longer seem to be a thing.
7: No, I think Piranha Park, it's, it's always there, isn't it? I think
8: yeah. <laughs> it's just a spirit home for Coburg. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Score here, uh, of course, uh, to wrap things up. It was a 30-point victory to the Bombers over Wemstow. That score again. as it uh, just refreshes for me? Because they decided to change the scoreboard to say nine 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 yeah. nine, which of but course, uh, if that was, that would be a hell of a percentage boost. To six nine forty-five to two 3, 15 in the end. Williamstown, the goal kickers Williamson and Whelan. What what do you take away the game from Winston? Who stood out for them today and, and who do you say, okay, can hold their head high, they 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 did well against the bombers.
10: Three names in particular come to mind for me. Uh, Williamson, Tripodi, and Aaron Mead. They were they're all really good in their, their various positions, got plenty of the ball and tried to keep keep things moving for Williamstown and try and get those scoring opportunities.
9: I agree with that completely and I think um, a bit of a kudos has to go to Clara Ryan. Claire Ryan yeah. obviously the debutante and the Irish woman I think she used the ball really well for someone who hasn't played AFL growing up and has had a rugby background geez the way she had possession of that ball and a couple of her inside 50s I was really impressed with.
7: Mm. I agree with both you on that point but I think what some teams they really fail to do when you play the top of the table is they play a really defensive game I think we saw they were so physical but sometimes it's like have faith in your ability you know, play to your strength and you're you're here for a reason so actually have confidence in that Mm. and use the ground, use the paddock and I think I would have loved to see them play on a little bit more
8: Looking ahead for both of these teams, we said Essendon play Collingwood here next week it will be as the ladder currently sits uh, a second versus third battle Mm, That'll be a great game on Anzac Day so, uh, if you want your little appetizer before you come to the MCG, or if you're going to be watching the game at home for the men's match, come down here, get a taste of it first, mm. second, and third. Only it's the great one. Great vibe lost.
7: here. There's a canteen. <laughs> like seriously, there's not much to uh, not much not to like here. It's
8: and awesome. you've got a
9: second ground, so you can have a kick. Lots on of card Yeah, yeah it looks se- like there's plenty of people having a kick.
8: So come on down here and watch uh, that game. Of course, we'll be kicking off at 11 a.m. We'll be on air at 10 a.m. And also on the same day, on Anzac Day. Uh, the funny thing, the thing on the website says 10.30 p.m. I don't think it's starting that late at <laughs> night. No, no, I think it's 10.30 a.m. Hawthorne and Weemstown
10: Again, should be a very interesting game. Uh, Hawthorne, yeah, haven't quite managed to beat
8: your residents. And... Well, I can tell you at the moment, Casey Demons, 9 6 60, lead Hawthorne, 5-3-33.
10: Yeah, that, that scoreline... Um, doesn't surprise me but it, although I'm just chugging along almost getting those wins against sides like Uresson then we
8: saw Williamstown today had their moments dare I say loser of Hawthorne Williamstown season over
12: mm.
9: no I think that's a fair call it's halfway through the season now so yeah, there's not you know there's not as long as you think that's left in the season to make up uh, where they are, so yeah. Because yeah. you, you, cool.
8: m- you might mathematically still be in yeah. the chase, but I can't see how you get your momentum back. Yeah, uh, if you lose that game. Okay. Right. We'll take this opportunity to wrap things up here on WRFRadio.com. We're on here tomorrow 11am for Darabin and the Western Bulldogs. First of all, to Sophie Fazalari down the end. Thank you very much for your attendance today. Thank you. It's- it's been a
7: pleasure. The sun's been out the whole day compared to last week. It's been a, I've had a ball with all of you, so thank
8: you for having me. And to Elise Collette, marvellous work as always. Thank you for having me. And to the one and only Lauren Borden, thanks again for your magnificent play-by-play work.
9: Thank you very much. Great to call the game with
8: everyone. I'm Peter Holden, I'm the person you send all the complaints to and the people that the AFL call when they're not happy. <laughs> it's been nice having your company. I look forward to it again tomorrow at 11am. Or, of course, for Essendon supports you may join us uh, next Sunday morning for Essendon and Collingwood. Until then, it is bye for now. 40,
12: 40.